0: By the time you hear this podcast, I'll have invested heavily in toothpaste to treat these bee stings.
1: And the Grammy goes to. Mm. Come on, girl. 25. Adele. Producers Danger Mouse, Samuel Dixon, Paul Epworth, Greg Kirsten, Max Martin, Ariel Rekshay, Shelback, The Smeezingtons, and Ryan Tedder.
2: Hi. Hi, hi, hi. As you can see, it took, um, it took an army to um, make me strong and willing again um, to do it. And I, th- I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Um, five years ago, when I was last here, um, I also was pregnant and I didn't know. <laughs> and I was awarded that shortly after. I found out shortly after, which was the biggest blessing of my life. Um, and in my pregnancy and through becoming a mother, I lost a lot of myself um, and I've struggled and I still do struggle being a mum. It's really hard, um, but tonight, winning this kind of feels full, full circle and like a bit of me has come back to myself, but I can't possibly accept this award. And I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful and gracious, but my artist of my life is Beyonce in this album for me, the Lemonade album was just, So monumental, Beyoncé, it was so monumental, and so well thought out, and so beautiful and soul-bearing, and we all got to see another side to you that you don't always let us see, and we appreciate that, and all us artists here, we fucking adore you, you are our light. The way that you make me and my friends feel, the way you make my black friends feel, is empowering and you make them stand up for themselves. And I love you. I always have and I always will. Grammys, I appreciate it. The Academy, I love you. My manager, my husband, and my son. You're the only reason I do it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much to everybody.
3: All right. And that may give you a clue as to what we're talking about on this particular episode. A little bit, at least. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben, and we're back with another episode on a Sunday afternoon.
0: Isn't that that's a, that's a song
3: lyric, isn't it? I don't know.
0: I don't. I thought it was. Maybe it's not. I, I could be dreaming.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, we're back on a, on a Sunday afternoon. I feel like that's a lyric somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah. I really do. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you to everyone who's uh listened so far. Um, you can listen to us, uh, in a number of places now to where if you're telling your friends about it, you know, they have no excuse. I mm-hmm. mean, we're, we're everywhere, um, on Podomatic to start off with, mm-hmm. uh, we're on iTunes, Mm-hmm. We're on Satchel podcast player. Mm-hmm. We're on Castbox for Android users. We're on, um, he said to tune in radio we're on tune in radio for Android users also. <laughs> <laughs> and as of, I believe, believe as of Thursday, we're in the Google play music store. So if you can't find us, you're just not looking. Yeah. <laughs> you're
0: not trying.
3: So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to uh get in touch with us, there are also a number of ways mm-hmm. Uh you can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the word you. If you want to uh, follow us on Instagram, by the time you hear this spell with the letter u, because mm-hmm. we are
0: upstanding.
3: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com. And coming soon and very soon. Well, it's
0: up technically. There's a welcome post. Um, Okay. Yes. I mean, you can get to by the time you hear this dot com. And yeah.
3: Is that is that with the word or or with the upstanding spelling? I think it's with the word. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So by the time you hear this dot com is up and running and uh, we'll be posting uh, things. Yeah. Show notes, (laughs) pictures. Yeah
0: all sorts of goodies. Um, we'll likely start posting after this, you know, with a link to the show as well as relevant articles, relevant things to the, you know, whatever it is they were are discussing
3: for the week. So, all right, great. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the website is live. And, uh, of course there'll be a link in the description. So as we are known to do, we have some music news we want to discuss, uh, starting on a bit of a somber note. We've lost a couple of, uh, prominent artists Mm -hmm. uh, in the last week Um, on the the, uh, last Sunday uh, found out that Al Jarreau had passed uh, jazz vocalist and legend um, one of the more distinctive voices you may have heard in music yeah Um, you know for sometimes you you may only know people for you know one or two things Uh, he did sing the the theme song for, uh, uh, a famous eighties television show. I don't know which one, uh, Moonlighting. Really? (laughs) Oh man. Uh, he sang the theme to Moonlighting. Um, and, uh, he, he was the first, if you've heard the song, like take five, Mm -hmm. uh, he was the first person I heard sing the, the lyrics to the song. I didn't know there were lyrics. I did not not either. (laughs) Uh, So it's a a recording of that that I really like. And he's actually also, you know, we played, um, you know, a Grammy acceptance speech to start the show. Mm -hmm. I believe he is, uh, I'm not sure how many he's won, but he's one of those few like jazz artists that Mm -hmm. were nominated for album of the year. Okay. Did he ever win it? I don't think so. I don't think he ever won. Um, he did win a total of of seven awards. Okay. Um, let's see what he, his uh out 1981 album Breaking Away was okay. nominated for Album of the Year, okay. and that might have been the only one. But that still uh, a, a jazz, yeah. a jazz vocalist, you
0: mm-hmm. know, having
3: that kind of success, um, isn't, um, isn't that common?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, but yeah, he has won. Uh, he won seven Grammy awards um, in the jazz pop and R and B categories. Uh, another thing that, that kind of, um, uh, that was significant to me about Al Jarreau, Uh, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I know Ben knows this, that my mother sang in a mm-hmm. jazz band in Augusta. And one of the songs that she would, that they would cover is morning okay. by Al Jarreau. And the thing that was funny to me about that song is okay. Um, He's singing about, like, okay, Cheerios. And then the next line is like, Morning, Mr. Oreo. I, for the longest time, I thought it was Morning, Mr. Oreo. Like, why is he eating Oreos for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually about the, he meant the, the bird, mm. the Oriole. So, um, and, uh, he's one, uh, and I guess uh, if you listen to like any of his, music, like I so say, he has the the very distinctive vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, you can listen to really like any, anything he's done, like any of his solo stuff. Yeah. Any of the, uh, I believe he did a couple of albums with George Benson.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: And uh, I don't know. It's as far as a vocalist, he, he was, he, he's that, he's that dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's just that dude, you know? Um, You know, so probably anyone our age and younger may not be that familiar with him. But those who are ask, ask your, ask your parents about him or hasn't been
0: active in a while. Has he? Um,
3: I think he had been touring a little bit. And then before he, before he got sick and, um, uh, you know, up in through 2012, he was still touring. Okay. Um, and he was, um, well, actually up until, up until he passed, uh, he was still touring. Wow. Okay. You know, up until, you know, earlier this month, he was hospitalized for exhaustion Mm. and he had to cancel the rest of his remaining tour. And, um, and then he passed on February 12th. Um, so he was still, he was still out there. But uh um mm. out, out, out there until the very end. That's unfortunate, yeah. But uh, rest in peace to Alwin Lopez Algiro. Alwin? Al Al or it might be Alvin. It's spelled with the W. Oh. It might be pronounced Alvin. Like in German. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alvin. <clears throat> so rest in peace to him. Yeah. Uh another um you know, for those who are hip hop historians Mm -hmm. or just hip hop heads in general
0: or even funk, funk fans or
3: funk music, James Brown fans. Mm Uh, another, uh, prominent figure has passed, uh, Clyde Stubblefield, Mm -hmm. um, the man behind the most famous sample piece of music ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, of course talking about the, uh, He's known for it It was a very short solo Mm -hmm. (laughs) on a James Brown song called The Funky Drummer. And it's been sampled, according to Rolling Stone magazine, sampled on more than a thousand songs. And it continues to be sampled in many different ways. Um, You you recognize it as soon as you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone who's heard Public Enemies Fight the Power, Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Dre's Let Me Ride. LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out, oh, yeah. Run DMC's rund, Run's House, uh, George Michael's Freedom 90, yeah. <laughs> so it, it crossed into pop music as well, so um, Clyde Stubblefield, uh, let me see if I can get a little bit more about his career, Um, he's from Madison, no, he's not from Madison, Wisconsin, he is from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, he played for James Brown, uh, for six years and in, well, he grew up in Mobile, Alabama. Mm. Uh, he was influenced by playing in the church. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he had no formal training. Hmm. And he says, we just played what we wanted to play? We just put down what we think it should be.
0: Yeah. I, and ironically, I shouldn't say ironically, I don't know if you, say that in death about someone's death but anyway um about a week prior to his passing actually actually not a week like a few days before it i was looking up just different drum beats to try out and um came across someone trying to teach people how to play the funky drummer drum beat and um they talked about him saying that like you know we didn't sound like anyone else because we weren't trying to be like anyone else we just wanted to play what we felt um because someone asked him that interview like you know who 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 were you trying to sound like who what sound were you trying to go for we're just trying to go for our sound. And as a result, he sounded like no one else had ever sounded before. Like it was a very unique, you know, unique sound.
3: Yeah. Um, and it's, he's one of those, um, I guess almost, almost forgotten yeah. figures of hip hop, you know, um, some people may call James, James Brown, you know, the godfather of hip hop because of his style of music.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but Clyde Stubblefield is, um, one of those figures to where you know if it, they're at the beginnings of hip hop with using sampling, mm-hmm. with with using samples. You know, Funky Drummer is one of those songs that, you know that that section is was kind of the foundation for. Uh, A lot of it, especially Mm -hmm. throughout the 80s and even into the 90s. But it was um, it's one of those. It's just one of those things, (laughs) Um, you know, and you could also include I think there's a documentary about. um, Apache by the. um, Oh, man, what is the name of that group? Like people may know Apache like the the Sugar Hill Gang, Gang song. Yeah. <laughs> That's what or the the, <laughs> the 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 song that Will and Carlton danced to on yeah. an episode of the Fresh Prince. But um I feel
0: like that comes on at every party. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: what is the name of that? The Incredible Bongo Band. Okay. Uh which was it that that version was a cover itself but that is called hip hop's national anthem because that was another song that would be sampled a lot for a lot of hip hop songs early hip hop songs so yeah. um so Clyde stubblefield is, is the is the architect of 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 really early hip hop you know um well even and even still today um people still use the funky drummer sample Mm -hmm. give the drummer (laughs) song um so yeah uh so rest in peace to Clyde Stubblefield uh he doesn't he didn't have a middle name so just Clyde Stubblefield
0: did he really oh that's interesting
3: and uh while I mentioned Madison Wisconsin he did live there um he had been living there since 1971 so it's a it was technically his. It was a. It was his his second hometown, at least. Yeah. Um, moving forward. Uh, speaking of hip hop, I guess. Um, Maroon Five.
0: Yeah. This is so this is so weird.
3: <laughs> Maroon Five is I, I, I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know what this is, <laughs> but uh, not that it's necessarily bad. It's just, uh. I guess an interesting choice, you know, kind of depending on who they're, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm misinterpreting who I think their fan base is or, you know, how, uh, or, or, you know, does it matter? Well, not that does it matter, but more what's the, uh, what's the perception of, of Adam Levine as far as, you know, Mm-hmm. I feel like being a judge on a national talent competition yeah. that's shown throughout the country mm-hmm. and is successful, um, the judge is going to be looked at differently. Like you become a star kind of in a different way because you're seen every week. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know who Randy Jackson was before American Idol. Nor did I. <laughs> I didn't know who Simon Cowell was. I was familiar with Paula Abdul, and mm-hmm. then I thought she just went away. Me
0: too. <laughs> Well, I mean it also helps too that Maroon Five still actively makes music, yeah, so yeah. it's not like he's he's like he's not washed up, so speak. because I mean you got you had um Stephen Tyler on American Idol Aerosmith wasn't necessarily washed up, but they weren't making new music. they weren't in the pop sphere at the time, whereas Maroon Five is still there, so I'm sure that band ben or the that band I use that in air quotes benefits heavily from their lead singer being on like a really popular you know show about music. I imagine yeah. it helps.
3: Uh, so what we're getting at here <laughs> is, uh, you know, Maroon five, is, uh, they're coming out with a new album, uh, I believe because I, there's, there's a couple of, um, there's some new singles out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, let's see what the new album is called. If it has a name,
0: is it overexposed? Is that the, no, not overexposed. What am I looking at here? No, overexposed. Was the um,
3: well they're, they're working on a new album. Yeah and it will be released soonish according to Adam Levine but their first two singles uh, are featuring um some fr- some some prominent rappers mm-hmm. uh there's a song called Don't Wanna Know uh featuring Kendrick Lamar and the song another song that just came out I believe this past weekend called Cold featuring Future
0: aka the trap god <laughs> depending on who you talk to but yeah that's that was interesting. I mean, the Kendrick Lamar one, I could, I could kind of see, but Future, that was because I've heard Kendrick Lamar on pop stuff before. I mean, he was on the Taylor Swift song. He's been on a Sia. He was song. on a Di, um, not Diah Dido, Dido. I can't talk today, Dido song, um, but Future, like it was, it was, that that kind of threw me for a loop. I, I don't know.
3: Well, there are, you know, Future is in that he's in that group of. If anyone who's who's noticed this, that there's a group of rappers to where they can feature on pop songs. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's like Future. You can include Kendrick Lamar. um, uh, Drake. Mm -hmm. um,
0: That would have made more sense to me, though. Drake on a Maroon 5 song. But, I don't know. Just... I don't know. I will say I mean what they had Wiz Khalifa on the first on the Wiz um, Khalifa, on that's another phone one. Booth or Payphone. Not phone booth. Payphone. That was a good movie though. About phone booth. Um <laughs> but yeah, had him on Payphone. Have they worked with rappers before though? I mean I know they had Well
3: before before I guess before Wiz Khalifa, um, there wasn't any on Songs About Jane. It won't be soon before long, doesn't have anybody. Okay.
0: I know um well no that was Rihanna.
3: That song I won't home um, without you. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, hands all over doesn't have anybody. And yeah, overexposed. had Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Well, on five. Oh no, just uh, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. So, um, maybe it's just. Well, they said this this album is gonna be more. Um, R&B influenced okay
0: he did I, know, I do remember him guesting on well he's guested on a Kanye West track he's featured on a Kanye West song yeah. Um, and he was also featured on a 50 Cent song 50 and Eminem My Life Um, so I guess he's used to featuring with rappers so maybe he's kind of you know he's kind of been in that world and he's like hey you guys want to let's get some rappers on our track. Like that's the new guitar solo. Let's, you know, get a rapper feature.
3: Let's see who else he's been on. Um, uh, our city. You remember them?
0: Yeah. What was the name of the song? Uh, locked away. Okay. Yeah. I remember that song. Um, uh, let's see who else he's been. Probably trying to get like, that. Bruno Mars money. You know?
3: Okay. 50 gym class heroes. Mm, what gym class heroes song?
0: Stereo Hearts. Okay, I think I remember that one, too. Okay. Uh,
3: K-Nan or Kanan.
0: He's turning into what I really thought that um, Patrick Stump uh, would
3: be. And uh, the Ying Yang Twins. (laughs) For real, he was on Ying Yang Twins. He was on a Ying Yang Twins song. Oh, goodness.
0: Yeah, this is what I thought um, Patrick Stump would be. Because Patrick Stump was all like, for a while there, like right before Folia Duh, he was like, Doing everything he could, hip hop related. Like he was, I mean, hell, even Fall Out Boy made a um, a remix album with like a bunch of rappers on it, like with with Juicy J and all these other rappers uh, remixing their songs. Two chains. So I figured, you know, um, well, I guess Patrick Stump did kind of become that, just not featuring on as many songs. Like I thought, I figured he'd be on more songs, kind of like an Adam Levine, but Adam Levine's kind of beating him to the punch and being more successful with it too. So,
3: yeah. There might be only one of those kind of guys allowed. Yeah. And right now it's Adam Levine. It's
0: Adam Levine. Because, I mean, they had, well, hell, they had the remix, though. Well, I guess yeah, they were kind of ahead of their time. They had the, the remix of this and the scene in Storm's Race with Kanye West. With Kanye, yeah. I think Tega was on there, too, on one of the versions. And
3: um, Well, they had a um the remix album from American Beauty, American Psycho called Make America Psycho Again. <laughs> And there, the, the remix album had it has Migos. Okay. <laughs> ASAP Ferg, Juicy J, Zillia Banks, with Khalifa, Big Crit. everybody trying to get... OG with, uh, Mako, I Love Makinen, Black Thought, Joey Badass.
0: Yeah, they like the roots. As, as a matter of fact, I think they performed NDC with the roots, like Patrick Stump did, at least.
3: And they had a song from Save Rock and Roll. They had the song with Big Sean.
0: Big Sean, yes, yes. Okay.
3: So... Uh, But yeah, maybe for a short time, Patrick Stump was allowed. But right now, I think it's Adam Levine allowed to changing
0: up his image.
3: It's kind of the the rule with like there could only be one hot black comedian at a time to be in movies. (laughs) Uh, Right now, it's for, you know, to know who is it right now. Right now, it's it's Kevin Hart.
0: Mm -hmm. Hannibal Uh, Burris. I think, is going to be next. He's 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 been he was in um, Neighbors. He was pretty funny in that. He, yeah. Yeah. He's, did you hear what he asked Kevin Durant over all star weekend? No, he was Kevin Durant's playing two K, um, in some like tournament or whatever. And he goes, Hey Kevin, um, if the other team wins, are you going to join them next year? <laughs> 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 he threw him off. He was so funny,
3: but yeah, but no, I know what you mean. Yes. Yes. Um, Oh yeah. It's probably on there. Cause he's on the game. Handle Burris. Oh yeah, he is. I've, I've not, I've yet to get to him. Yeah. If you do the, for anyone who hasn't played the game yet, if you do the, my career mode, uh, he plays a barber named ice,
0: hmm.
3: but he's okay. doing like birds <laughs> nice. type, uh, humor. So it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, maroon five, uh, they're going to have an R&B. Yeah. Maroon five. And, and these rappers, it's uh maybe it's a gamble but maybe it's probably it's kind of not a gamble well
0: i mean pay for i work, mean they're kind of doing so, what they're
3: doing yeah. what they want well i guess you got to get the right guy
0: yeah exactly
3: um you know wiz khalifa is america's stoner
0: he was so vulgar in that song but that whole song was pretty vulgar too though <laughs> but when i heard the like the actual explicit version i was like geez like he... okay <laughs> Um, did I don't want to know did that song blow up? I mean, I don't know how that did it, it on the
3: charted, track. it charted well for well, let's see where it is right now. Um, let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So it's in the top ten. Okay. Uh, so it's it's climbing. They need um, to
0: work with Ryan Tedder some more and get a rapper on there. That's my dream
3: right there. Hmm. Um, Speaking of new music that has been re- well, that wasn't really a new music. Well, it's kind of new music yeah, with Norm Five and yeah, Future. future yeah. uh, before we get to the new music, really quick, as we like to mention, the top uh, songs on Billboard and albums. Number one song is "The Shape of You" by Ed Sheeran. Still. <laughs> and the number one album is "I Decided" by Big Sean. I
0: didn't know that dropped.
3: I think came out. La- yeah, it came out last week uh his song bounce back is also in the top 10. Okay. So, uh new music that has been released. Um uh Shania Twain is back Yay. after 15 years. Uh but she from what I read she had some some vocal issues, so it took her a while to to get back, but she has some new music out. Uh Linkin Park <laughs> has a new song with uh Kiara Um, it sounds like every Linkin Park song you've ever heard. I've yet to hear it. I'm, um,
0: I'm so up and down on Linkin Park. I'm so up and down.
3: (laughs) Um, Future has a new album. It's simply called Future. Nothing else needed. (laughs) Nothing else needed. (laughs) And, uh, looking at it, I don't know if he has no features on it. It doesn't. I don't see any listed, but I'm just looking at the track listing. Oh, so J Coleian <laughs> getting his J Cole on. Um, Trey Songs has a new album to uh, coincide with his reality show.
0: He has a reality show.
3: Yeah, he's doing like a. No. Um, <laughs> Does
0: he need money? I'll go buy. I'll go buy your record, Trey Songs.
3: I, b- <laughs> I think it's a dating show.
0: I can sort of be okay with that if it doesn't become. I just I I keep thinking anytime I hear about a hip hop celebrity or a black celebrity doing a reality show, I instantly think of Basketball Wives, Love and Hip Hop, Real Housewives of whatever. Even though really Atlanta was the blackest one, like I instantly think of that. Um, you know, I've never re- I've never even checked out the other Real Housewives of whatever. I heard the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills were pretty rich and. The the Real Housewives of um, New Jersey were just a bunch of like really trashy Italian women, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> but that makes me really sad. Tremaine Alden Neverson,
3: yeah, uh, this is really um, Tremaine. Okay, and yeah. there's also some stories about what he's um what he's uh some issues with Kiki Palmer.
0: Oh, word. Yeah,
3: uh, as far as um, sexual assault or stalking what? or oh something. Okay. Without yeah. any, I don't know anything that's going on, but I feel like it might be a too aggressive in the DMs kind of situation. That's why you got to sell the DMs, man. You got to text them. Like- oh, his new reality show is called Tremaine the Playboy. So it's probably like a for the love of Ray J type thing. Mm. Wait, which what channel is it on? Is he trying to get with the Kardashian? Is, is that his next move? Oh, it's airing on his website. So,
0: oh, it's not even on TV.
3: So VH1 and um, it's too much for them to pick up. <laughs> Just
0: like, they're like, we got Tremaine. Oh f-.
3: no, wait, never mind. It's going to. It's on. It's on his website, but it's going to air on VH1. Okay, that so, makes sense. There you go. I was like, it looks, sounds like for the love of Ray J. Why isn't VH one getting in on this? But they already did. At apparently. this point,
0: can we say that VH one has kind of become B E 0.2, Like two point or something like that? Like it's
3: Yeah. Um, but B E T they're trying to turn it around. Um they they finally are doing some original programming.
0: Is Huey Freeman still on that hunger strike? Is he <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, BET's finally doing some original programming like they have the new edition miniseries mm-hmm. and now they have a, another TV show called The Quad which okay. is about a fictional HBCU called Georgia A&M <laughs> <laughs> I still probably won't, well, I don't
0: get I don't get Viacom anymore because <laughs> they want too much money
3: um I might I might check it out.
0: Yeah, I still got the BET app and they don't check anything to watch it. Like I just put in my I put they are like, "Oh, log in on Facebook." I logged in on Facebook. It didn't ask me any of the questions. Like they're just giving it away. So, yeah, if you're out there listening, the BET app is
3: basically free. Just go check it out. All right. <laughs> and get watch episodes of The Quad. Cuz what's that show that
0: Gabrielle Union's on?
3: Being Mary Jane. Being Yeah, they they
0: were advertising The crowd. Okay, out. so they
3: had BT's trying to turn it around because mm-hmm. VH one is just reality it's stuff. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just, mean, they did have that um uh what's that show? Hit the floor. It was about a, like a fictional NBA team. Oh god, really? They, <laughs> uh. uh but anyway. Wait, it's similar
0: to the one from ESPN where they did the one about the football team.
3: It's it's kinda like that, but it's more of the, the players getting involved with the cheerleaders and the, the team owner. Oh. I like with the, with playmakers, that was more that was the of name a, of it. Okay. Playmakers. Yeah. That was more of, um, you know, that was kind of law and order ripped from the headlines mm, type gotcha. with hit the floor. I don't, I don't think it's anything like that really. Gotcha. Okay. So fair enough. Um, we also have new music from incubus,
0: See, okay, so what's the name of the album? Because I was just checking them out this week, and I didn't see anything new from them. I saw a live album, I think, that I hadn't seen before.
3: Incubus has a new, uh, it should be a new song called Nimble Bastard.
0: Okay, okay.
3: Yeah, that's the new song. Um, And they had an EP two years ago. But, uh, Neal Baster is their new song. As far as the new album, it might be the same title. I don't know.
0: Mm.
3: I'm l- I'm looking forward to that. So you'll be able to, to check that out and new music from Lana Del Rey, who just released her new song last night.
0: What's it called? Is it? It's not called last night, is it?
3: No, <laughs>
0: no, I'm trying to think cause I saw the title of it. and I can't recall. It's
3: called love.
0: Oh, okay. I might've been thinking of something else then. They were talking about something else. Um, I need to start paying more attention to Lana Del Rey. Um, there's a point where I paid a ton of attention to her, um, probably because I was watching a lot of Gossip Girl. That might have had something to do with it. <laughs> but then I kind of stopped paying as much attention to her. And I really do miss, well, I think the first album was Born to Die. I miss that album. I, I want to check more of her stuff out. But I'm like every now and then when I check in on her, it's not as good as Born to Die. And maybe I just need to let that go that it's not going to be as good as Born to Die, maybe. I I, I don't know.
3: Oh, and also, um, we mentioned, uh, Jadena has a, had a new song in the last episode, his album called the chief mm-hmm. is out right now. And his album cover looks like,
0: I think I've seen it. Let me see.
3: Okay. This is his album cover.
0: Yeah. Right I've here. I've seen that. Yeah.
3: I know this is totally random, but it looks like a Boz, Skag- a Boz Skaggs album cover, if I am not mistaken. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, pull up Janitas. I'm going for The Chief, and Boz Skaggs, Middleman, it's the same thing.
0: Maybe he's a Boz Skaggs
3: fan. Yeah, possibly.
0: <laughs> Get a little Shuffle cover, maybe?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <too. laughs> Um. What else do we have on here? Okay. Uh, I don't know how much time you want to spend on it because it is kind of weird. Creedence Clearwater Revival is getting back together. <laughs> um, God knows why. <laughs> let's see if I can pull up that article real quick.
0: Yeah, that, That's um, odd. I mean, that's odd to say the least. I could see if maybe they were getting back together just to tour, but you said they're making original music, right?
3: Uh. Well, let's see. Um. Let's see. Uh. Well, okay. Well, it started with John Fogarty getting one of his guitars back. Um. So. Let's
0: see here. Yeah, legal rights. Yada yada yada. Um.
3: I can't find the article. Well, he plans on writing new songs since he got his, um, I guess, one of his favorite guitars back. So possibly there may be, possibly be new CCR songs on the way.
0: Hmm. I guess when it happens, we'll talk about it. But yeah, <laughs> that just that's really odd to me. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I'd, I'm I'm not ever one to tell a musician or or a writer to not do something, but that just seems so random. Yeah. That after all these years, but I guess maybe you said he found his guitar, so he felt inspired. So you know, write it and and just record it and listen to it at home. Like
3: share it with your friends. <laughs> Put it on your SoundCloud or something. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the other uh, article we wanted to talk about here. So. Kesha and Dr. Luke, uh, still their legal battle is still ongoing as she tries to get out of her contract. That thing has been messy. Yeah. To say the least. So, uh, there are, are apparently some emails. Emails is like a very interesting word, um, over the past year, mm-hmm. anything to do with someone's emails. True. Um, <laughs> So uh, Kesha released several email exchanges between herself and Dr. Luke and her manager. The messages included multiple exchanges concerning the singer's weight, potentially adding credibility to Kesha's claims that the producer was psychologically abusive. Mm -hmm. Page six referenced copies of the emails, including one that Dr. Luke sent in which he allegedly references the discussion about how Kesha can be more disciplined with her diet. So that was in reference to her weight. Um, he says there have been many times we have all witnessed her breaking her diet plan. This particular time, it happened to be Diet Coke and Turkey while on an all juice fast. A list songwriters and producers are reluctant to give Kesha their songs because of her weight. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> Another. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That, okay. Um, yeah. Another email has where for the song crazy kids, she pushed for an alternate alternate line in the song. And he responded by saying, I don't give a shit what you want. If you were smart, you would go in and sing it.
0: Stark to look sounds like an awesome guy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where Max Martin dug him out of.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, Dr. Luke's lawyer responded by saying Kesha and her attorneys continue to mislead by refusing to disclose the larger record of evidence, showing the bad faith of Kesha and her representatives, which is greatly damaging to them. It also shows the tremendous support that Dr. Luke provided Kesha regarding artistic and personal issues, including Kesha's own concerns over her weight. Hmm.
0: This is all been messy. This actually might be an interesting episode one day. Yeah. Once it's resolved which I don't know if it ever will be because each side just keeps smearing the other side. And it's been very hard to discern like who's telling the truth. Um, because I mean, like if I remember correctly, it all started out with like rape allegations Yeah, and it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to automatically assume that the accused is guilty, but like, damn, like some of the things you're hearing, like, okay, I, maybe I could believe he did it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, well, maybe I could believe that Kesha is lying. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's been back and forth. It'd make a really good episode of Law and Order. If we still had that around. Yeah. In which case, she'd probably end, if it was SVU, SVU,
3: she'd die at the
0: end of it. Like, that's how all their episodes seem to go when they're ripped from the headlines. Like, the Chris Brown one. Somebody's gotta die. Yeah, she ended up dying. I think the Diddy one, she ended up dying. or I don't know. Like, someone always ends up dying after they're told, like, you gotta get out of the situation. They end up dying. (laughs) So, the Kesha character would end up dying. Yeah.
3: So for those who aren't um, uh, who aren't sure, like what the, like, how is this still going on Uh, last year? A judge uh, ruled that Kesha could not terminate her contract with Dr. Luke after, you know, the allegations of abuse, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: uh, psychological or sexual or otherwise. And there is a telephone conference scheduled with the judge. Uh, It says this week, but this is from, four days ago. So sometime in the next few days, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to, to find out how that turns out. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, that'll be an interesting episode to do. And, and it would include, you know, talking about the a larger issue of the relationship between a producer and an artist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's supposed to be a, a collaboration, and I mean, you can look at it as a, as an actor director kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's still a collaboration. And sometimes it can get ugly It can get ugly. <laughs> and then, and you know, it's kind of the, the danger of signing with a producer rather than a, a record lid, label. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes there's a, you know, you, you may seem to have more control over your material, I think by signing with the producer yeah. rather than the record label. Um, But this is, I guess this is one of those examples of the dark side of that. Yeah.
0: He controls everything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll let you know how that unfolds as we get more, uh, more news. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, okay. 2017 is going to show to be the year of the Tupac Biggie revival. Um, on, I believe March 9th will be the 20th anniversary of Notorious B.I.G.'s murder. Um, We just surpassed last September the 20th anniversary of Tupac's murder. Mm -hmm. There is, um, I think everyone has seen the trailer for All Eyes on Me, the biopic about Tupac. Um, Hopefully uh, a lot of you have seen Notorious, the biopic about, about Biggie uh which i think it is underrated
0: i've n- i've not yet seen it but not because i don't want to i just i at this point where do i watch it like is is it on netflix is it on no. prime i don't see it on any of those i saw it randomly on mtv once which i don't get anymore um and it was edited and i'm like am not going to watch this edited
3: <laughs> yeah it's kind of um it's kind of uh difficult to find. I mean, you're not going to see the red box either. Mm-mm. And not like we have blockbusters <laughs> or as many around as exactly we used we need to blockbuster, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, if anyone gets a, a chance to see notorious, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's underrated. I think it's got a bit of an underrated movie. Uh, it's probably something that a lot of people weren't ready for. It's from 2009, mm-hmm. Jamal Woolard, who played him. Uh, will will reprise his role in All Eyes on Me. Um, Demetrius Shipp is playing Tupac in Notorious. He was played by Anthony Mackie, who is entirely too old to be playing <laughs> Tupac in that movie. But um, I mean, everyone knows about the, this movie, The All Eyes on Me. Mm-hmm. What's also going on in 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 relation to to Tupac and Biggie is a television series by the director of the people versus OJ Simpson. So as far as that being a limited series on FX, this is going to be on USA about Tupac and Biggie. And, um, it's going to be called unsolved and it'll be written by, uh, the creator of the USA show suits And uh, Anthony Hemingway, who wrote several episodes or at least directed several episodes for The People vs. O.J. Simpson. And it'll be from the perspective of Greg Kading, the LAPD detective who um, who tracked both. um, Well, at least he tracked the Biggie uh, investigation, but he may have seen a a connection Mm -hmm. Um, and he wrote a book. Uh, well, yeah, he investigated both, both murders. He wrote a book, the murder rap, the untold story of Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur murder investigations. And he will serve as a consultant on the pilot. Um, do we know how many, cause this is limited. How many episodes? Uh, this will, it sounds like, like something like a 10 to 12 episode okay. kind of thing.
0: How many were in the OJ versus the people, Are the people versus OJ, uh, 10, 10. Geez, was, I was 10. ten. I gotta catch up.
3: <laughs> um. Where was the other one? There's another, uh. Um. Hmm. Oh man. I know that was a, okay, here we go. So, um, as I said, the, the, the gear of the Tupac Biggie revival, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is what's in the works is a sitcom oh, God, I you- that's going to be produced by produced on TBS called think big. And it's going to be, um, uh, a scripted sitcom loosely based on his lyrics.
0: I hope it has a laugh track.
3: Like, that'll be.
0: <laughs> and by hope, I don't hope it has a laugh track. Like, I, I, uh, I, I just, like you said, Biggie can be dark. <laughs> Biggie, like, rapped about hustling, selling drugs, um, very sexual things at sometimes Just, I, I don't know. Like, I just can't see. Uh, okay. But I'll give it a
3: shot. Uh, We've got more. (laughs) We have more. (laughs) So we talked about the All Eyes on Me, Mm -hmm. the limited USA series, Mm -hmm. the biggie sitcom. Mm -hmm. So Johnny Depp is reportedly attached to star as Russell Poole, the LAPD detective who spent the latter half of his career as lead investigator on the still unsolved shooting death of Notorious B.I.G. in an upcoming biopic. So you had uh, the other guy, Kading. Um, What's his name? Make sure I get his name right. Uh, Greg Kading, who investigated both cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp, character, his character, Russell Poole. Um, he was the lead investigator for the Biggie case. So I don't know how much they cross paths or anything like that. But there's going to be a biopic about him, about uh, Russell Poole and his investigation, specifically with the Notorious B.I.G. murder. And um, uh, Poole died in August 2015, uh, still investigating the murder. Uh, He had um, I'm not sure if it was in the yeah, it may have been the, the documentary Biggie and Tupac, which I believe is on Netflix. Mm hmm. In which he he was coming to something. He was yeah. he was getting close.
0: That's what I heard. I've heard. I mean, I've heard theories of who did it. So um, I imagine some of that information had to come from their investigation. I would imagine.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, he investigated the he investigated Biggie's murder for nearly a year and pushed the theory that Shug Knight orchestrated the drive by, mm-hmm. and he believed that. Suge Knight, with the help of an LAPD officer named David Mack and another associate, were responsible for Biggie's death as retaliation for Tupac's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Poole was forced into early retirement after <laughs> implicating a fellow officer, basically. And he later filed a lawsuit and uh, claiming his First Amendment rights were being violated because he couldn't take his Biggie findings public.
0: I think this is going to So be he came
3: up on something <laughs> yeah. and uh, basically got pushed away. So um he was all, well like I said he was in the documentary. Okay. I, this face looks familiar. He he was also on the um I believe it was a VH1 behind the music looking into looking into this. So Okay. Uh he he appeared on there too. So uh he he had some he had some information or or some leads and you know both cases remain cold so you know it'll be interesting to see that perspective as well mm-hmm. because a lot of people still still don't know um and are, are aware of any of the leads yeah you know I heard about the the you know the LAPD officer may have uh, may have been involved
0: yeah me too and
3: I uh, the one thing I heard with Tupac is that um well yeah i've heard that biggie had a had a, had a hand in it and also it was um like there was a uh with with Tupac there was a fight earlier that night
4: mm-hmm.
3: and the guy who got beat up um he orchestrated that okay. he orchestrated Tupac's murder in some way mm-hmm. but he was later killed so we don't know exactly what, what may have happened there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, th- this will be an interesting perspective that no one is really, you know, really explored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe some people think, Oh, it's just two, two rappers and they're both black. No one cares. There was a guy who was coming up on something yeah. and, you they know, shut it, him up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everything was done to shut him up. So, uh, yeah, so that's supposed to be coming out. Um, as far as the win um, doesn't say, it'll, it'll probably come out in twenty eighteen. But you know, soon, I, I you know, over the next the twelve to eighteen months, it'll be. It's going to be a big Tupac Biggie revival. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is too much? because we've got two movies and a such a (laughs) series and a sitcom
0: in such a small span of time. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. Everyone is like, oh, the 20 year is coming up. You need to do something. So I get it. Um, I really, I think the, I think the series with Johnny Depp is going to be the most interesting. I think that's going to be other than the sitcom Jesus. Um, the, um, the, um, the Johnny Depp project is gonna be the most original, I think. Or or something that we haven't seen. All Eyes on Me should be interesting, but I think the Johnny Depp one gives us a completely different purview of what of that of these cases, of you know, of the whole situation. Um and for some reason, like it I feel like it's gonna have a Donny Brasco feel to it. I don't know why. I just feel like it might, which also starred Johnny Depp. But that's what I think. It's just gonna have like that sort of, you know, dark alleys. I don't know. Maybe I'm being Trying to be positive
3: here. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like I, Johnny Depp. As far as like, does it have to be him? You know, Ooh. I was. I had. I had some expectations with the um with the movie where he played Whitey Bulger. See, I've
0: not seen that. Is that? I good? haven't seen it either. It's on Netflix, but so it's it um.
3: Weekend. I haven't heard anything really good about it. I yeah. thought, oh, maybe he's trying to win an Oscar now. <laughs> no. Is he a Oscar? I, no, he's been nominated a few times. And he got one yet? Okay, he tried But you know, I think, and then while the the allegations of whatever was going on with Amber Heard oh, kind of yeah. like killed all of that, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe this is him. This this is this is going to be his comeback role. If that <laughs> that may not make sense for a lot of people because it's Johnny Depp. <laughs> But this is the potential comeback role for him.
0: I mean who else could you see playing like a role like this? for some reason I I kept thinking Russell Crowe. Yeah. Maybe because he was an American gangster. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, this this sounds like a, a Russell Crowe type of role. Um or if it was going to be someone who you may not expect to see in this kind of role, I was kinda thinking maybe somebody like an Owen Wilson.
0: Oh, I would not I mean not,
3: not Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson. Okay,
0: I was like, hey De- Luke Wilson. Owen Wilson would be too silly. <laughs> Um, for some reason, I'm thinking. um Have you seen The Big Short? Yeah, Ryan Gosling. No, but like as he was in The Big he, Short, he,
3: he's too young to and play this. And that's the thing guy. I think
0: too young. He, like because I thought of young. him and I thought of um
3: maybe Christian Bale could play him. Ooh,
0: I mean honestly, I like Christian Bale. I think he could play anything. <laughs> <laughs> like after seeing him in, well, I mean of course Dark Knight, but um. American Hustle. American. Well, I haven't seen American Hustle. But I was thinking like American Psycho. I thought he was really good. And um, the Fighter. Yeah, well, I forgot he wasn't the Fighter, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm talking to the other movie that he did with Hugh Jackman.
3: Um, oh, the uh, the Prestige. The Prestige. Yes, I know is it was the Prestige or the Illusionist. Yeah, uh, they're not the same, same movie, but they're they similar look like in, the same movie, but they're not the in, same. Yeah. They look the same, but they're not the same.
0: But movie. yeah, like he's like he was. Yeah, he was underused in the Dark Knight. <laughs> Like he's he's a well, memento, right? Or is that someone?
3: That who, was Guy Pearce. That's
0: Guy Pearce. Okay, different British guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't know was British. So yeah, no, I, I like. I, I could see Christian Bell doing that.
3: Um, and I think a, a stretch because he might be trying to do dramatic roles now to get out of playing the same guy he's played for like almost fifteen years, Vince Vaughn. Hmm. He tried to do it on True Detective, but. It, I, did, I didn't watch the second season, yeah. but apparently he wasn't that mm-hmm. good.
0: That's sad. Because <laughs> I think he wants to do, he's about to try and do a movie about police brutality, which that ought to be interesting. No, I'm. you know what? I I try to go into everything with the open mind. Because the first time I heard that, I was like, really? It was like Vince Vaughn and Russell Crowe, right? Like doing a movie about police brutality. It's ought to be interesting, but I'm going to go into it with the open mind. And we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm just hoping they don't try to make it like... I'm just hoping this isn't like a shield blue lives matter type movie, which is what I'm afraid it's going to be. Um, I'm hoping like everyone walks away, learn, having learned something. That's the best I can hope for everyone just walks away. Having learned something like, you know, I never thought about it like that. Me either. And they shake hands and they walk away <laughs> and no one gets shot.
3: That's what I'm hoping. It, it might be like, a uh, training day. I could see that. And the same guy who wrote training day, he probably had a hand in the TV show training day. Oh yeah. That is a show now. And I think he wrote, uh, I don't know if he wrote end of watch. Remember Mm -hmm. that one?
0: I never saw that, but that looked very good. Was that good?
3: I saw it was, it 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 was okay. It looked very intense. Um, it is. (laughs) It, yeah. Uh, was another one street Kings. I think that's what it's called. It had Christian Bale. Okay. And, um, yeah. There's another one called Deep Blue. I don't know if that same guy wrote all of those, but mm-hmm. policemen, course, quest- who have questionable motives in mm-hmm. LA, you know, yeah. it might end up being that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay, we talked about movies longer than I yeah. expected there, but hey, it, it's all it's all relative. And it's about <laughs> like Christian Bale, I mean, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> so that's gonna do it for our music segment, our uh, music news segment. So, um, Ben, what's your earworm of the week?
0: Um, I, you know what I'm, this is my earworm. I'm doing this in celebration of Prince being back on Spotify. Um, and I love his early work. I want to be your lover by Prince. Um, I'm now I'm forgetting the name of the album that it was on, but it's the one with the blue background. I think that was self titled. Was it? Okay. That's maybe why I can't <laughs> remember it, but yeah. Yeah. Self titled, self titled album. Um, was that a second second overall album or was it was his first actual LP?
3: Um, well, let's look. I, cause I, I, I want to be accurate with this. Uh, it was, well, he has a previous album called for you, but okay. Prince may be back on Spotify folks, but, but it doesn't have everything.
0: It's missing musicology, which has cinnamon girl, which is, which would be my earworm. Cause that's my favorite Prince song. Um, but uh, that's
3: Neil Young cover.
0: No, it's, um, a different song. Yeah. Different song. Okay. Yeah. I think he wrote it about terrorism. I think he was trying to be a little political. Um, but yeah, like ever since, uh, okay. Yeah. So for you, Prince and then dirty mind with the first three. Yeah. So um, this is second album. Yeah. But I want to be your lover. One of my favorite Prince songs. I love purple rain. I love 1999. Um, hell I even love, um, is it diamonds and pearls? Whichever one has diamonds and pearls and cream. Um yeah, with the called new power generation. Okay, with the new power generation. I love those albums, but this song, um, and a few others on there, uh Why You Wanna Treat Me So Bad? Um, um, I feel for you. That is a good album. I was jamming to this on Monday going to work, um, when I realized that Prince was back. And this is this is like an all time earworm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be your lover.
3: All right, so I wanna be your lover by Prince, and we'll be right back. That is I Want to Be Your Lover by Prince. He's
1: on
0: Spotify. Woo. On
3: Spotify. He's so happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I used to have to keep these songs on my phone.
3: <laughs> God, I love that part oh, right there. Wait, I'm, yeah, I'm going to let that play. <laughs> oh, I love that part.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: Um, I want to do an episode soon about the movie Purple Rain. I'm down about how good and bad it actually is.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. Someone even on here says like one of the princess highlights, especially I want to be a lover. Please don't listen to the short version. Like you got to listen to like,
3: Oh yeah, this, this. is, this is the, the yeah. five fifty version.
0: Oh yeah. Cause I, and I mean not even to sound like one of those people that's like, um, like oh man only like his early stuff but like i feel like some of his early work does not get enough attention because he was so huge in the 80s because this was 79 um and he was so big like what 84 um through like 93 94 that you know that was the prince heyday so to speak and so like there's so much attention paid to like to Purple Rain, to nineteen ninety nine, to, um, I mean, to an ex- to extent, maybe Around the World, and was it around, around 60 Days, or, um, Around the World in the Day. In a Day, yeah, I think 60 Days. That was a movie. That's Jules, 80 Days. 80 Days, Jules Verne. <laughs> but there's so much attention paid to those records, um, and those were good songs, Like Little Corvette, Little Red Corvette, and um, When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, I've been playing that one pretty loud too, but like, this song, like, it's just so funk, so disco, so I don't know, man. It's just It's awesome. I can get I can just see him in my mind playing the drums. Like just <laughs> him sitting there playing. Oh man. Funny enough too, this morning I was reading so there was a um it was a picture I saw on Reddit and it was like in case anyone didn't believe Charlie Murphy's story. And it was a picture of Eddie Murphy and um Eddie Murphy and Rick James, and then someone was like, "Oh yeah, the Prince one was true as well." And someone showed a picture of Prince standing over Charlie Murphy Murphy on the ground. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You gotta be kidding me! And like Prince confirmed that it was true. I was like, "Wow!"
3: (laughs) And there was um, there were some pictures of uh, he played he played basketball in high school, and but because of because of his height, yeah, he couldn't get on the court. Like he was on the team, but he didn't play a whole lot. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> um, then I remember also hearing about how he was a, a, a Chicago Bulls fan, which I guess they didn't have the Timberwolves back. They didn't have Timberwolves yet. Yeah, or the Lynx, um, <laughs> if you want to go there. Mm-hmm. Which they're a good team. Let's give them some credit. They've won titles. The Lynx are good. The Lynx are better than the Timberwolves. I think it's fair to say that, just like the Dream is better than the Hawks. They've actually been in the finals a few times, but I digress. I digress.
3: <laughs> um, so, uh want to get to the um, our uh, indie Instagrammer of the week. Uh, this guy's been following us for a while, I believe. Um, IER Music on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if his name is pronounced. Chevalier or Chevalier.
0: That would sound better. Chevalier. <laughs> Chevalier. Uh Chevalier.
3: His Instagram bio says uh, indie artist, producer, musician, guitarist. Yeah. Vocodist. Yeah. He is from uh, Berkeley College of Music alumni. Oh,
0: snap. You are whoa, this is this is what I live up to, man. Um, <laughs> I
3: hope I
0: hope this is good.
3: Uh ASU alumni. I'm not sure. I mean that could be Arizona State. Could be Alabama State. Could be Alabama State. <laughs> but it just says ASU alumni.
0: Alaska State.
3: <laughs> and uh his um. I'm trying to find his Okay, his uh his uh, website is thegexperience.com. dot com. So um, I believe he's just one of the artists on here. Okay, yeah, there are a couple of artists um, on here. Oh, ier music—it's pronounced yay music. So it might be Chevalier. <laughs> uh, if we're pronouncing that wrong, sorry, but we—I know we're onto something. <laughs> with with getting that right, uh, to Berkeley.
0: This is that's. I, wanna, I wanted to go to Berkeley, man, out of high school, but could not afford it. Uh,
3: the A is Albany State.
0: Albany State. In, so he's from Georgia. Yeah. Oh snap!
3: He is from Dawson, Georgia. Oh
0: my God! Shut up! Really? <laughs> no, that that I used to stop. So when I would, I lived in. Of course, I grew up in Columbus, and a lot of you probably don't know that, but I grew up in Columbus. And my grandmother on my mom's side lived in Ashburn, so in order to get to Ashburn through uh, from Columbus, we had to go through Dawson, like a lot. And We would always stop there at this like, I think it was like a thrift store type thing and, and shop. And oh man, that's crazy! Like that's along like the way like to Dawson, Albany, um, Leesburg, where Luke Bryan is from. Like that's, huh? Okay, so he came, he got out of Albany, out of <laughs> Dawson to Albany, and then went to Berkeley. I I okay, now now I'm intrigued. <laughs> I want to hear this.
3: Alright, so uh what we'll, we'll play here. Um trying to sift through their website. Uh this is a song called Arts of Nature. Um he's on the cover with a guitar, so we're expecting some guitar playing. <laughs> and um here we go. This is Arts of Nature by Chevalier.
1: File one is back. This is all
3: for of YouTube. Okay. So. <laughs> is Chevalier. Still not sure if I pronounce that right, but if they said the IER is pronounced yay, then, you know, so it's that kind of pronunciation. That's smooth, man. Uh this is on Spotify cuz okay. I, I was trying to see if he pulled him up and that album Soundscapes is on there. So, um search for him and uh, we'll add him, we'll have his track in our um in the description mm-hmm. for our podcast, so uh, you'll be able to find him.
0: We'll link some tracks too. I can probably link some tracks on, um, the blog. So yeah.
3: Oh yeah. 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 And definitely through our, through our website. Yeah. We'll, um, uh, highlight him there as well. All right. Um, so let's, let's, let's get into this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about, um, well, Ben is a, um, known,
0: not a hater, not a hater.
3: Okay. If it's not a hater, then what is it?
0: No, I just, so just put it this way. Um, imagine, um, you know, all I'll, right, I'll, I, well, I don't know if people listen to sports though. I can only think of sports analogies though. Like imagine, um, your
3: skip Bayless and Beyonce is LeBron.
0: Yes. I expect more from her. That's actually, yeah, that's, that's a very astute. That's a very apt description. I expect more from her. Her level of talent um, and her level of acclaim and praise, and this, that, and the third, as the youth say, I expect a lot more from Beyonce. Um, is that fair or unfair? I don't know. You know, um, it, some people might, a lot of people like to come out and say, Well, she's doing what sells. Okay, well, I can still, decry- I mean, that, that doesn't mean that you're beyond reproach. I mean, the people who came before you didn't do what just sold, you know, if you're, when you're, when you're a generational talent, like she is, you kind of stay above the status quo. And I think that's kind of what, um, I, I feel like that's what Carlos Santana was getting at when he said that about her, that article that I sent you where he's like, you know, Beyonce is an, is a model. Adele's a singer. You know, there's not many of Beyonce's songs where she could just stand up there. If you gave her just a mic. And you know, she couldn't just sing like the songs can't just stand on their own, if you will. Adele's songs can just stand on their own. She doesn't need choreography. She doesn't need to be dancing. She doesn't need all of these extra things to distract you from the song. All she needs is the song, and there, and that's why the songwriting is stronger. Um, because you know, and I mean, honestly, you could almost say that's not fair <laughs> that someone like Adele with her looks. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, Adele's easier to digest. Adele should not be famous. I mean, if you think about the current state of pop music and how it's image conscious and everything, Adele should have gone the way of a Christopher Cross. Like, as soon as they saw her, they should be like, oh, that's Adele? I thought she'd be skinnier. Like, that's, I feel like that's how Adele should be looked at, but she's not. She defies, um, she defies the odds as far as, you know, she's this British woman Who, by all accounts, from people who have been stagehands for her, she drinks. She swears a lot, as she swears on (laughs) here. Um, She smokes. Not good for your voice if you're a singer. Um, And then on top of that, she's overweight. (laughs) She can't dance. Um, She doesn't have any features. She just basically gets up there and she sings her songs. She helps write them. um, And she's very unapologetic about what they're about. Um, which I'm surprised she doesn't get dragged through the mud like Taylor Swift does about her song. So it's just I feel like she defies a lot of norms as to what a pop star should be.
3: Well, I think what what part of what goes into that, um, I think I was just listening to uh, when you got here, listening to um, the Jenkins and Jones podcast and they were talking about um, they were talking about the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them said that with Adele, more people can relate to her. One, partly because of how she looks and what she writes mm-hmm. about. Yeah. You know, she'll write a song about how, you know, have a line about how she can't go to a grocery store because <laughs> it reminds her of her ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Beyonce, like with Adele be more relatable than you have Beyonce who up until lemonade um, was kind of portraying some kind of something some kind of fantasy
0: that we can't be.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's something that people can't, um, can't achieve, you know, her rich, you know, having sex with a rich husband in the back of a limousine. Mm-hmm. I don't think everybody's going to be able to do that. Even though, you know, we know of some girls in Atlanta who are somehow going to Jamaica and then Puerto Rico the next weekend. And then, you know, <laughs>
0: remind me to turn you into tag, the sponsor after this show and you'll see how they do it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, so,
0: but no, I agree. Yeah. Uh,
3: I think there's a, with Adele, there's a more, I think part of it is that she may be more relatable to people than Beyonce, mm-hmm. even though some people, you know, a lot of people look up to Beyonce as something to mm-hmm. aspire to. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found an article, uh, from Rolling Stone that has li- lists that lists, five reasons why Adele won album of the year instead of Beyonce. Interesting. I'll see if you agree with this. Number one, Grammy voters are white and male.
0: Mm, the only reason I would say, well, are they white and male? I mean, white males like thick black chicks. Sometimes. I'm like, that's like Beyonce is the younger, more attractive person. So I would think that if they're voting with, you know, the other head, they're like, oh, she looks pretty good. Let's vote her. Like, I don't know. That's, That that could go either way. I guess maybe white and male as in like, you know, they're out of touch.
3: What they may have gone with here is that, okay, in the year of Trump, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Beyonce makes her most explicit statement on being black, Mm -hmm. particularly on formation. And she has a line where she says, I like my Negro nose with Jackson five nostrils Mm -hmm. and the backlash to her Super Bowl performance last year. Uh, which a lot of people call it pro Black Panther and anti cop. Um, well, I mean, and I that well, I think people just misunderstood what the Black Panthers actually is. Yeah,
0: The Black Panthers. When I if I hear one more person say the Black Panthers, I'm not talking about the new Black Panther Party. I, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the actual Black Panther Party. If I hear one more person say they were the KKK. Um, I might explode. <laughs> the KKK was not out feeding the poor. They were not
3: giving free food to kids for breakfast.
0: They were not. All you hear about is they intimidated whites. No, they made sure that they blacks had, were safe. They <laughs> had
3: guns, but it was because it was their right to have. Go- Look, they made sure black people were safe. That's you can't you can't <laughs> sum up the Black Panthers in one sentence. OK, you got to do some, some research. Much. Yeah, they did. Too much. <laughs> they weren't
0: burning crosses on the lawns of white people.
3: <laughs> I think weren't. people called it anti-cop because it had uh the cop car submerged in oh, water whatever anyway but, uh but I mean, because of the academy yeah. being majority white and male you know they're going to look at other things um you know uh even though you know a rapper won best new artist because yeah, that's the case <laughs> and then it's explain, not on a label
0: explain arcade fire winning Because if you've got a bunch of white males that are older that are out of touch, then Arcade Fire would definitely be an album that they would just go over their heads. Um, It would be an album they just would not get. Um, I don't know. Like, I what's the what's the other? I'm curious to hear the other reasons. I mean, I've heard that reason. I've heard that argument made before. But let's not forget, this is also the same academy that voted her song "Single Ladies" Song of the Year, and I didn't hear anyone complaining back then. about Beyonce winning song of the year on a song that was um, off of Well, actually that was a, I'm Sasha Fierce. Actually, I think it's better than lemonade. I know some people will disagree with me because of the message. Cause that's the thing that a lot of Beyonce fans have been giving me. Oh, well, Beyonce's album had a message. Okay. Since when is that an excuse for being poorly written though? Like if it's a message, then write me an essay. <laughs> you know, that's my thing. Like if you want to get a message across, write me an essay. I came to listen to music. I mean, like, there are plenty of people in the past who have had good music and a good message. Uh, Maybe Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, had a great message. And you know what? The music was very good as well. So it's possible that the two aren't mutually exclusive, if you will.
3: All right. The second reason, uh, along with the Grammy voters being white and male, is that they are old. Which, if that's the case, why did they vote single ladies? Why did they give it to Arcade Fire?
0: Um why do any of these categories, why did Chance the Rapper win? You know, He I mean, he swept the rap categories, didn't he?
3: Um, I know he won for the album and the song. No, he didn't win for the song. He won for the performance. Yeah. The only one he didn't win was her best rap song, which went to Hotline Blink, which is not yeah. a rap song. But anyway,
0: but this is a rapper that stands to possibly spit in the face. Cause he's been turning down. Have you seen the article? He's been turning down $10 million contracts. Like initially he's he, he's, off of five.
3: he's he's tired of record labels yeah, coming up to tell you I'm I'm doing this my way.
0: So it's like you have a you have an artist up here who threatens who's already exposed your your old practice now threatens to kind of destroy it. And you gave him two Grammys. So I don't think it's well, that three? Yeah, three. It's not that they're old and out of touch. I don't know. Like that's. It's like you can't in the same breath say that they're old white guys that are out of touch, and then in the same breath be like, But they're so progressive for giving it to Chance the Rapper, you know?
3: Well, I think, in in, with them being old, it may have been a close vote between it might have been 25 and Lemonade. And if you go, they're saying, uh, if you go by the average age of the voters, the older side of the median age would pick Adele, yeah. Um, and it says the Grammys have a post nominations panel designed to avoid embarrassing gaffes like Jethro Toll's Defeat of Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but giving the album of the year to Adele, it does not seem like it's a gaff here, yeah. um, at least not on the surface. But one of the saying that they're old, look, the older guys are going to pick something that sounds more, more 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 palpable to them i mean it's not they weren't gonna pick beyonce obviously they weren't it wasn't gonna be bieber no it wasn't gonna be drake
0: although i do feel bieber and drake were more deserving but um i mean hell i'll even take it back to what that anonymous grammy voter said even he agreed that this was not beyonce's finest work but because it was so political and in this climate he figured it would win when in in actuality, it seems like it being so political and not driven by melody was probably the reason it didn't win. Um, and I do feel like it's a bunch of younger people because I was listening to um, the NPR's Pop Culture Hour and I had to turn it off because they were basically um, deriding all of the Grammy voters by being like, well, they don't understand what it takes to produce a song like Formation. Like that's no. That's besides I, I the don't point. think that's why
3: she. That uh, you know I. I feel
4: like that's you know, besides the point. I
3: mean though. that that's kind of like that argument of people who are posting that picture from the Patriots scoring that touchdown in overtime, trying to say, look, his knee was down. Like no, you 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 just froze it right there. <laughs> And you didn't watch the play, the Break, ball crossed the line before you're breaking his knee my was heart, down.
0: Greg, you're breaking my heart.
3: I know I'm breaking your heart, but you know I'm right. You know he actually scored on that play. We
0: didn't deserve to win
3: that. <laughs>
0: we blew it at the end. We didn't deserve-
3: <laughs> um so you say, okay, it wasn't gonna go to Beyonce. It couldn't be Bieber because I don't think he won anything else no. that night.
0: I think that's one of those I think you said it too, like you're you haven't you haven't been here enough yet, kid.
3: Uh it couldn't be Drake. Mm-mm. and there would have been outrage if it went to Sturgil Simpson. Oh, God, that would
0: have been hilarious. <laughs> that, I mean, it would have been another Arcade Fire year. It would have been, you know.
3: It would have been, man, it could have been like a. And then it they, could have been, well, it right. could have been more, re- more recently than that. Mumford and Sons. Oh, yeah, I
0: forgot they did win. I mean, and then you'd have Beyonce fans attacking, you know, Sturgill Beyonce Simpson. Beyonce would nominated that year, though. You'd have them going off on Sergio Simpson, who'd be like. Who are these crazy people?
3: <laughs> it would have, this, this, I think if it was Sturtle Simpson, it probably would have been more like when Beck won and beat mm-hmm. Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Pharrell, and mm-hmm. Sam Smith. Mm-hmm. He had the lowest selling album of those.
0: Yeah. I've, which album was that one, by the way?
3: Morning Phase? Morning
0: Phase. Did it have Summer Girl on
3: it? Um, I don't know any mm-hmm. song off of <laughs> Morning Phase. Yes. Um, No.
0: Oh, it didn't? Okay, then I don't know. I'm not familiar with that record.
3: It had Blue Moon. Okay. Waking Light. I don't know these songs. I mean, Prince is...
0: I mean, I was was about to compare him to Prince. Beck is like an alt version of Prince anyway. So, I mean, he plays everything. He bends genres. He's... I mean, you you could almost say, like, no two songs, no two albums are really alike. Everything he does is is pretty different. So, maybe they just... Maybe that was one of those, like, hey, let's honor him because he's been doing this for a while. Putting out really good work. And while I don't agree, I think um, Chris made this comment on my Facebook page to defend me. A lot of people sometimes like to think of the Album of the Year as a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> and sometimes it is. Let's be real. Sometimes it is.
3: Well, like you said before, it, I mean, it could be a Lifetime Achievement. It could be Let's Give It to the mm-hmm. Dead Guy mm-hmm. or the, like, Let's Give It to the Guy Before He Dies.
0: hmm Ray Charles. <laughs> Well, you know, wrote, that's, yeah, he was dead. Yeah, he he had he, had, yeah. he had
3: died, but when when he won that award, that's why I thought David Bowie was going to be nominated mm-hmm. in this category.
0: God, like, oh, we can't be that predictable, but but I mean, I just feel I don't know, like I just it just this wasn't her best work, was it? Her most woke, as the kids say, work. Yeah, it was. It was the most. I think it's probably work. her
3: most her most important.
0: Yeah. Um.
3: Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. If it's not her best, okay. But it's her it's our most important it's our most diverse
0: mm-hmm. um and it shows that she is growing as an art i mean she had a song s- on there with jack white jimmy page was a writer on it so i mean
3: she has a song that probably should have been nominated in the country category but it wasn't chicks, yeah
0: which i think she oversings on that's another my other issue with her she oversings on everything like why are you over singing on the country song like you
3: just, just don't don't do that <laughs> like so she was singing like like she does, man. Look, you want to look, but she's got to understand. Get, get her a vocal coach, then she's got to
0: understand. She don't need one. That's the thing. She she prob- well, the, you, probably will. You're not, not helping the
3: situation well, right
0: now. I should say that she needs. <laughs> she doesn't need a vocal coach. She needs a producer with balls. That's what she needs. A producer to like hit that button and say, hey, hey, Beyonce, hey, 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 hey calm down, calm down. Like I'll take it back to I'll quote Chris again. She sings every verse like it's the last. <laughs> like she just sings like, like. Like, she starts out singing, like, you know, this is the last verse. Gotta go for broke, girl. Gotta go for broke. <laughs> like, at the end of that um Love on Top song, she had, like, eight key changes. Like, what are you doing? Like, two was enough. Like, we get it. You can sing. Like, we get it. <laughs> so, that's my other thing with her. Like, she, she takes these songs that are in different genres, and she's like, I'm gonna take this country song and sing it like it's a funk song, like it's a, a soul song. Yeah. No. No, Beyonce.
3: All right the number three reason Okay. why Adele won over Beyonce 25 was more popular than lemonade. Once again, I guess
0: all of these reasons are, ha- I guess they have to be looked at in a vacuum because we've seen examples in the past. You just mentioned it. Beck was the lowest performing the year at one. I don't think they look at, <laughs> they don't look at record sales. Otherwise, um, um, Esperanza Spaulding would not have beat out Drake or Justin Bieber as Best New Artist the year that she won. Um, and then I'm trying to think of another example this year. Like the best-selling record didn't always win in every category. Right. Maybe that's the way they chose to go this year. But historically, that's never been the case. The best-selling album rarely then ever we don't.
3: Yeah, we don't have an Arcade Fire. We don't have a Beck. Mm-hmm. We don't have um, I mean, Mumford & Sons. I
0: don't think we have Nora Jones. Yeah.
3: In back-to-back years, Herbie Hancock, Mm -hmm. his Joni, Joni Mitchell covers album and the Robert Plant and Alison Krauss album, (laughs) those one album of the year.
0: And I'm fairly certain they were not the best selling albums um, of a lot. So I guess if you want, like some of these, some of these reasons sound like they were made up exclusively for this year, because if you look at the past, a lot of them just don't line up. Like if you look at what the Academy has done in the past, they just don't line up like that's just like oh Adele won because she was the best selling record well what about all those other records in the past that have won best whatever and weren't the best selling
3: yeah um, so I mean I can understand that but yeah I don't think that's one of the reasons yeah. um, just to give you, you guys some numbers Adele uh, 25 sold 20 million worldwide 9 million in Ooh. the US Lemonade has not cracked 2 million in the U S yet.
0: And I, there, I honestly feel this is what her record sales look like when she's only catering to the beehive. I think she has alienated her casual fan base. She probably doesn't care because she's worth half a billion dollars. So like, it's not like she's hurting, but I don't think she's the Beyonce that like, if, if she's only selling a million and a half, she, uh, you know, per record, starting out with it, you know, with like a lot of her singles from this album did not um, chart. We don't have the Beyonce that we know nowadays. We don't, we just don't. Um, she couldn't get away in her early in her career being this political and being this controversial. So I think she chose if she even did choose, she chose a good point in her career to get
3: well, I don't. I don't know if she really alienated her her casual fan base um, because she had more of a cultural impact. And I'm, I'm agreeing with that part of this Rolling Stone article. She had more of a cultural impact than Adele. Um,
0: well, she's always had more of a cultural impact because she's always, her music always had heavy feminist overtones. I mean, girls run the world. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any more off the top of my head right now. Single boy, ladies, single ladies. So, I mean, I think, but I think now, and it was, I don't know. Did you see the, the sketch the sketch for SNL where it was like white people finally realizing that Beyonce is black. It's very funny.
3: <laughs> I have seen, I saw it a long time like, ago. she's not seen. black. You know, she's like,
0: you know, and it's just like, so I think like she took it from just being a feminist to like, oh, and by the way, like I'm black and not only black, I'm unapologetically black. <laughs> like I'm black y'all and I'm black. y'all. <laughs> I'm, like that's what it said to me. And it's just like, so you kind of took it to another, but I think honestly she started kind of, alienating a little bit with the self titled album Beyonce. Um as you've heard me famously say a lot, I shouldn't say famous, I'm not famous. But as I've said a few times, like after Matthew Knowles left, the music got like progressively more and more urban. More and more just like away from the pop sphere. Like I'm trying to think of like a really pop single from the self titled record and I can't think of one. Like um Drunken Love wasn't very pop. Seven eleven was a twerk song. Um, like it just wasn't very but like the Beehive oh they ate it up like they they loved it <laughs> and so like this is what like as a matter of fact how many records did Beyonce sell because I don't also I wouldn't be surprised well no the actual um the self-titled Beyonce oh because um... I'm willing to bet oh here it is Fifth Studio that's her fifth album oh, good lord she just putting them out oh this is the one I forgot this is the one she put out in secrecy that no one knew about
3: Uh, five, five million as of November, 2016.
0: Okay. Okay. Not bad. It's pretty good in this day and age, ain't 20, but it's pretty good.
3: And I think that's what Adele was getting credit for, um, which would bring us up into our next reason. Uh, Before we get to that real quick, um, like I said, Beyonce may have been more culturally important Mm -hmm. and um, she grossed, Two hundred and fifty-six million on tour, Mm -hmm. um, and Adele. But their reason is Adele was more visible, even though she grossed one hundred and sixty-eight million. She played one hundred and seven shows. Beyonce played forty-nine and made two hundred and fifty-six million.
0: I'm willing to bet though, um, and that's this is actually something I thought about on the way over. I'm willing to bet that um, Adele took home more money though. Because Beyonce's shows are huge, Beyonce's got to pay the dancers, she's got to pay for larger venues, she's got to pay for um, like bigger lighting crews in addition to her live band. Adele, Adele, it's her backup singers, it's a band, and some stagehands. Like it's not the spectacle isn't there. Whereas like you know, you know of that you know Beyonce might have made two hundred fifty six million, maybe she takes some. 200 million of it 150 million of it whereas you know adele's gonna take home maybe 125 million of it you know so yeah i'd be curious to know what those numbers were because like beyonce i mean like hell even um how many dancers were in the formation um performance at the super bowl <laughs> i knew one of them actually i used to shoot with her but like it was a lot like she took a picture backstage it was like a dozen of them like, it was a lot of people so well but i didn't know she only played 49 shows Yeah.
3: That's it. Wow. Um, all right. The number four reason Adele put out 25, the old fashioned way. (laughs) So for all the Spotify's and Pandora's, it says CD and digital album sales still generate the most cash for record labels. Adele refused to stream 25 for months. That is true. It wasn't on Spotify Mm -hmm. for a while. After it came out in late 2015, but her strategy worked, racking up nearly 7.5 million sales by the end of the first year.
4: Hmm.
3: Beyonce, by contrast, streamed Lemonade exclusively through Tidal for its early weeks in a deal that shut out Spotify and Apple Music users and Hmm. most likely benefited Beyonce more than her label. By years in, so many stars from Drake to Rihanna were doing these kinds of streaming exclusives that the world's biggest label, Universal Music, announced an outright ban on the practice. Could label types who vote in the Grammys have punished Beyonce for this business move or at least favored Adele? What do you think?
0: They gave Chance an award. He won't even sign with them.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but Chance is on Spotify and Apple Music.
0: No, I agree. And it it did. I mean, I don't know if they were punishing her, but I will agree that is something that annoyed the crap out of me. Like to this day, Lemonade is not on Spotify. Right. That still somewhat annoys me. I know me about her and about a lot of the other artists that, um, got up on that stage and complained that they're not getting paid enough. Like I think someone said at the title debut, um, the, um, the net worth of the stage was a billion, like over a billion dollars. Yet they're in here like, we don't get enough from record sales. We're not making enough money. So maybe, I mean, that's something I actually never even thought about, like that they might be punishing her. Um, I do know that her record label was not very thrilled about that. They did not like that she was doing a title exclusive. So, in general, record labels were not happy about that at all. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe when she tried to go exclusively to title, Sony said no. <laughs> they they put an end to it into um, it and fought Jay Z on it because Jay Z was like, "Well, she's my wife; she'll do it." And I guess that's when they kind of realized like Beyonce doesn't control all of her music. So, um, and that's the reason why, you know, everything up until lemonade is on Spotify and everything and lemonade is not. So, um, that's something I never thought about that. They might just be punishing her.
3: Um, okay. Uh, And the fifth reason is the vote may have been split. I think it was, Mm -hmm. I I think it was a really, really close between 25 and lemonade than people think. Mm -hmm. Um, but it says this from Vokes, It says that they they theorized that Lemonade, Justin Bieber's purpose, and Drake's view split the pop and hip hop vote, hmm. leaving Adele to compete among the biggest slice of the electorate against Sturgill Simpson. And that's what, and it says this was almost certainly the explanation for Beck. When morning phase beat out Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Sam Smith, and Pharrell.
0: Which which Ed Sheeran album was X?
3: Um, yeah, X.
0: Which okay. is a really good album, by the way. But okay, that makes sense. Uh, those the, those last two reasons are probably the most valid. Um, that one I think the vote splitting being the the most valid reason of all of them. Um, the record label one, as far as being punished, I don't know that one while it's valid. I don't know.
3: Well, it says here also in the article that the argument for this, the split vote is not as persuasive because Adele is pop. Mm-hmm. And so is Beyonce.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, not so much anymore. I mean, so
3: it, I guess with there, with that theory, Sturgill Simpson should have won. Yeah. Maybe that's why
0: our fire one. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I never thought about that. I think that's the best reason they came up with so far. Vote splitting.
3: Um, I think the, what I, I kind of agree with, the the, the number two reason, the age to where, you know, the older voters are going to vote for what's more palpable to them personally,
0: mm-hmm.
3: which would have been Adele. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and the the other thing I heard as well, like, did they even listen to lemonade? <laughs> Like a lot of them might not have even listened to it and just didn't vote for it because it didn't seem well, like their cup of tea.
3: Well, it says like when, with the reason that 25 was more popular, they're more likely to have listened to Adele all the way through mm-hmm. than Lemonade.
0: Yeah. Because Lemonade at certain points can be abrasive. The song formation can definitely be abrasive.
3: Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, there's another article I found to where the... Recording Academy president Neil Portneau was asked if there was a race problem with the Grammys as far as the album of the year, because with Adele, the last black artist to win album of the year is Herbie Hancock. That was 2008. Mm -hmm. And before him. um, Ray Charles, 2005, Outkast, 2004. And then before him, Lauryn Hill in 1999. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I mean, I would. I don't know if Nora Jones is black.
0: Well, her father, well, Robbie Shanker is Indian, right? So yeah, she's something. <laughs> she's something. Um,
3: I don't know. I mean, let's see. Is she considered black? Um, no. What is so? Her she's half Indian. Yeah. What's her mom? Her mom is Sue Jones, who's a uh, concert producer.
0: Okay. So she's American sounds American. Okay. So she's half Indian. Okay. Ravi Shankar. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear that a lot. And what I typically, excuse me, fire back with is outside of, because let's just go ahead and take off the table that, well, okay. All right.
3: Let's go back to just 1990. Okay all the black artists who have won album of the year, Quincy Jones, Natalie Cole, Whitney Houston, Lauren Hill, Outkast, Ray Charles, Herbie Hancock.
0: Okay. I, to me, those are good recordings. So I don't, cause And honestly, like the fact that Outkast won, to me, kind of kind of says that maybe Good Kid, Mad City should have been nominated for Album of the Year. It was. It was. Yeah. Oh God, I'm I'm clueless. Who did it? Who Who won that year? Daft Punk. Okay, that was a really good album too. (laughs) See, that's.
3: Um. But the thing that with that is that was the same year the Heist beat Good Kid, Mad City for Best Rap Album.
0: Which to me that. And I know a lot of people disagree with me. I think that comes down to taste like it. Like, what do you like? Um, good Kid, Mad City and Heist, as far, in my opinion, from a melodic standpoint, were the same. Like they both had they were both equally like good to listen to from a message standpoint. Of course, Good Kid, Mad City is going to have a deeper message.
3: The Heist had the chart success.
0: The ch- Heist had the chart success. And the heist had the, and I don't want to insult Mclemore like this because I like him, but the novelness to it as well. The novelty. Novelty, yes, yeah, not novelness, not a word. It had not had a, the novelty effect. Is this is like you know a quirky white dude from Seattle rapping which is, about buying stuff yeah, at the Goodwill, which is not known for it's you know it's it's a nice story. Like Seattle's not known for rap. You got you but got. Sir makes a, a lot, lot. and yeah. then Mclemore. You know he's rapping about thrift stores, which kind of goes against you know being cheap goes against the you know hip hop principle. Um, and then he's rapping about gay marriage, which goes against the hip hop principle.
3: And then rapping how he, he has come up, mm-hmm. um, doing it his own way. And yeah. he brought artists that no one has yeah. heard of with him. Um, so both were,
0: yeah. both were unique in their own way. So that's why for me, like that to me, those, that's really hard, I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of Macklemore, but like just from an important standpoint, Like both of those albums are just like it's it's hard for me. It would be hard for me to choose because like Moore was almost kind of like a chance to rapper where it's like, you know, labels can't stop me. Labels can't stop chance. Labels couldn't stop Moore. Like that's what that's what he was kind of going with. Unfortunately, he's probably never going to do it again Um, and even won't even put his like due to what how he feels won't even submit his record for consideration. No, so Uh,
3: he's actually wasn't the only prominent artist who didn't submit. Their album, nice. uh, uh, Frank Ocean did not submit "Blonde." Yeah, I that, yeah. and did someone tell Kanye? <laughs> well, he didn't show up. So, <laughs> thing, like, how <laughs> he didn't can show he up to the, the Grammy.
0: When like, oh, your boy didn't even submit it. Like, he didn't even give himself a chance. So,
3: well, he probably felt. Well, I think Frank Ocean had his. He had like specific reasons for not submitting it. Yeah, I think he felt he wasn't going to be. He probably felt he wasn't going to be nominated. Like yeah. it wouldn't even get the consideration it deserved. Yeah. Uh, so just like, well, could that be the labels? Punishing well, him? I think he's also like, um, he didn't like the, the process okay. with the Grammys. Yeah. So it was, it was him like, you know, going against the, the, the Grammys as it was to where like, well, I'm not going to waste my time. Mm-hmm. The proverbial green.
0: Yeah. Um, I think if anything, you could get at the fact that maybe there's a a genre bias, maybe um, because in the same vein, all right, there haven't been a lot of black artists that have won. Um, there haven't been a lot of rock artists. There haven't been a lot of country artists. There haven't been a lot of rap artists. There have been the black artists that have won have been pop artists. Um, maybe save um, Outkast and Lauryn Hill. Although Lauryn Hill did kind of go into this pop sphere with do up that thing, but the rest of that album was incredibly soulful. Um, but that album was also just a, um, a tour de force. Like it was a really, well,
3: uh, let's see the, let's just go back to 1990, um, Bonnie Raitt blues country, Mm -hmm. Quincy Jones, jazz R and B, even though it did win a rap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Quincy Jones, jazz R and B. It did win a rap Grammy. Mm -hmm. Um, Natalie Cole, that was more jazz Mm -hmm. and pop Whitney Houston pop. Which I guess you could say R&B. that was the bodyguard soundtrack.
0: soundtrack.
3: Okay, um, Lauren Hill, uh, R and B and hip hop, mm-hmm. um, Outcast, hip hop, Ray Charles. Um, that's jazz and country. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
3: Herbie Hancock, Street jazz. Well, he—that was the Johnny Mitchell album. You said, yeah, that, okay. it's jazz, yeah. and then. Yeah, that's it. That was the last one. I keep forgetting he was the last one. So it would be 10 years if someone doesn't, <laughs> if someone black doesn't win album of the Year next year.
0: Well, I'll just, I'll say this challenge to black artists. Let's put out something meaningful. Um,
3: well, lim- and
0: lemonade was, I know people will say lemonade say was meaningful. Lemonade was meaningful. But it wasn't, it, it was meaningful subject wise, it wasn't meaningful melodic wise. Like, Stank you, like that was meaningful melodic wise. The miseducation of Lauren Hill was meaningful melodic wise. Um I didn't really listen to the Herbie Hancock album or the Ray Charles albums. That was the In the Company of Genius, right? Ray Charles. Genius Loves Company. Genius Loves Company. Um this, the bodyguard soundtrack, very melodic. I mean, that gave us some like very memorable songs. Um to me, like I don't know, because I mean honestly. You don't even really have to put out something meaningful from a subject-wise standpoint, because 25 was not meaningful from a subject-wise standpoint.
3: Before Quincy Jones, the last black artist was Lionel Richie.
0: Did Prince ever win album of the year?
3: No, he should have. What was interesting with Lionel Richie winning album of the year, he beat Purple Rain (laughs) and Bruce Springsteen's (laughs) Born in the USA and Tina Turner's Private Dancer and Sandy Lauper's She's So Unusual. So
0: we're all up in there that year, but yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like so, it's the.
3: I mean, if you if you go back through, I guess if you go back to 1980, you're only including Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie on that list. So that's mm-hmm. two more.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, but to with this article that's saying that he doesn't think there's a a race problem. He said the last the last black artist to win was Herbie Hancock, and uh, the Recording Academy president. He said, no, I don't think there's a race problem at all. Remember, this is a peer voted award. It's not a corporate entity. It's the 14,000 members of the academy. It's always hard to create objectivity out of something that's inherently subjective, Mm. which is what art and music is about. We do the best we can.
0: I wonder, then, does it have how many and not even just black, how many minority members of the academy
3: are there? Uh Well, I don't have anything in, in this article, yeah. but that that would be because, uh, you, you know, I think that's of- that's an issue with um at the, and they mentioned it on here with the Oscars. So white mm-hmm. backlash of last year and then this year you have um I say, I know there's one for best actor. There's one for best supporting actor. At least two for. Um. Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Um well, minorities,
0: and are maybe black. one for Best
3: Actress. Just
0: minorities in general, or just well, uh, black actors. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, like, honestly, to go even deeper, like, and I mean, I know you know, Asian artists or Hispanic artists or you know, maybe even Native American artists aren't huge in America, but like, you don't, and I mean, I don't know, I, I don't even know if they if they're even. Depending on where you release it, can you get in the Grammys? But, I mean, like, when the Latin explosion was going on, you know, did Ricky Martin ever get nominated for anything big? Did, was Gloria Estefan in the 80s when she was big? ever nine minute nominated, nominated for anything I feel like big? Ricky
3: Martin's album was nominated for album of the year. Why? No, it wasn't.
0: I was going to say, why? <laughs> I was
3: saying that. Well, that, I think the song, Living La Vida like Loca, may have been nominated for song or record of the year. <laughs> That was a so new thing cheesy. for its time. For its time, I, I, I get it. it was I a new it. thing.
0: I, I loved it back in the day. I can't. I can't even. Front. It's
3: a Spanglish front. pop song. There yeah. aren't a lot of those out there. I
0: can't <laughs> even front. I did like that song, um, but I mean, maybe the bar. Maybe it's not even that. Is there's a race problem? Maybe the bar is set higher for black artists, um, especially since we do typically uh, we are typically doing you know urban music, which isn't always pop. Like, I mean, like, you might have some that crosses over, but it's not always going to be pop. Um, while Beyoncé is a pop artist, Lemonade was not a pop record. Like, it was, I mean, you could, I mean, R&B, hip-hop, maybe alt-hip-hop, alt, you know, R&B. Um, so maybe the bar set a little bit higher. To me, I just, I, and I guess this is just my ability to look at things in black or white, no no pun intended. Um, Lemonade just didn't do it for me melodically. Like, it just didn't. Like it was a message. It was a, it was an album with a great message, but like it just didn't do it melodically. Like I would have taken out Lemonade and put in Anti, and the Beehive probably would have killed me for that. Yeah. But like Anti, um, the message might not have been as good, but the themes explore. So that's another thing people don't think about with albums: the themes explore. Like Rihanna's stuff ever since the Chris Brown incident has gotten darker and darker. And that kind of has culminated in in anti. Like, I mean, what album was Bitch Better Have My Money on? Because that was dark.
3: I don't think, I think that was just a single by itself.
0: Like, that was a dark song, a dark video. And, like, ever since then, her videos have just gotten progressively darker. The material has gotten kind of darker as well. Work was a positive song, but, like, You Needed Me that was have you seen the video for that I guess that was I cool. haven't it's pretty dark like there's like she's like an assassin <laughs> in the video and it's not even like I'm a playful assassin like Taylor Swift no like she was like walking in clubs like knocking people off like it was it was a pretty dark video and of course she's topless because she loves to sort of breast in every video now um so like the themes explored there were a little to me a little bit more interesting um and then on top of that like it was pleasant to listen to The first time I heard Formation, I thought it was incomplete. Like, I looked for several versions of the song because I was sure I had found an incomplete version of it on YouTube. And then when I finally did find the official video, I kind of had the, like, is this it? You know, feel to it when I listen to Daddy Issues. Like, a six and a half minute song. (laughs) Almost seven minutes. Not bad. Um, Really cool arrangements, but then, like, you know, it's got, like, your classic Beyoncé vocals, and she's just singing all over the track, and it's just like... Did you not think about the genre in which you're doing? Like, you're trying to do a country song here. That's what I'm imagining. You're trying to do a country song. Why are you singing like this on a country song? Like, who produced it? Did the producer not tell you to, like, back it, you know, back it up a bit? Or did he say it, but you're like, I'm Beyonce. I'm, I'm going to sing how I want to, and you just sung how you want to. So you basically, t- you made you had a country song, and it sounded like, you know, you, know, you just Beyonce-fied it. <laughs> you know, and that's my thing. Like, maybe that works on Love on Top and We Like to Party and you know insert beyond and Halo and things like that. Even though I think she over song on Halo. But I mean like maybe that worked for those songs. But you know, like it just know the genre be conscious of the genre that you're in.
3: Okay. Um more on this uh this article about you know if there is a race problem um now because of the Oscars so white thing, <laughs> right
0: here. Yeah, hey, look, that's what it was.
3: There was an effort made for the Motion Picture Academy to diversify okay. their membership. Um, uh, with the Recording Academy, well, it does say they remain predominantly white, male, and old. Uh, I don't know about the old part, but a hey, the first two, um, I I I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't dispute that. Um, but it also says that um, as far as uh, the Grammy artists, well, the the Grammy voters uh, mm-hmm. saying they wonder if there's a race problem, he pointed to the to Chance the Rapper winning Best New Artist saying you don't get Chance the Rapper as the Best New Artist of the year if you have a membership that isn't diverse and isn't open-minded and isn't really listening to the music and not really considering other elements beyond how great the music is. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: To take that statement
3: we know they're not diverse because we know they're predominantly you know
0: <laughs> male and white, but that is to say maybe they are more open-minded than we give them credit for with some of the choices they've made in the past. Um, and that's kind of where I would go with that. like it does seem that they are a little bit more open-minded than maybe we realize, because if you know if if Adele was what we think they are every year, then we wouldn't have some of the winners we've had in the past. like every year we'd have something like Adele. Like, only albums, only classic pop albums would be nominated. Um, we would
3: have a lot of Tony Bennetts. Yeah, like, we wouldn't even have,
0: like, Formation, I mean, Eliminate, wouldn't even be nominated if they weren't, like, that's one of those, like, we thought enough of this album to put it in this category and vote on it.
3: But, for... For the Beehive and for other fans, that's not enough. Cause she was nominated for the self-titled Beyoncé. Mm-hmm. She was nominated for I Am Sasha Fierce. Which
0: was, I think, should have been... What? Who Who won that year? Because I do think maybe that was the year, because that had Halo, that had If I Were a Girl, or If I Were a Boy, excuse me, which had an awesome remake to R. Kelly. Um. And. Uh,
3: yeah. Taylor Swift.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ, was it Fearless? Fearless. That was a good album, too, man. That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Who else was, was, um, was I need you to, I uh, need you now. Well, lady for the, for the,
3: the other nominees were the end by the black eyed peas, the fame by lady Gaga God. and big whiskey and the group King by the Dave Matthews. See, Band. That,
0: that was a wild card right there. That, that album right there that had a couple of good songs. Yeah, that was okay. So Taylor Swift beat it out that year. That's interesting. Okay. So maybe we can say, you know, maybe she needs to do like Adele and take a break. <laughs> and come out with something in a few years and, and see what happens and like get people hungry for her music. Yeah. Cause she, that's, her that's the thing.
3: Album. She doesn't, it's her six solo album. She's, she doesn't take breaks mm-hmm. like she did. Um, so she did B day. She was supposed to take a vacation after filming dream girls. Mm-hmm. She took like a week or two weeks off yes, <laughs> and then got back, back in, in the studio, there. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's
0: overexposure. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Well, I think it's a it's a it's a desire to get the material out because, you know, um, like when we talked about bad. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Jackson had written 60 songs, recorded 30 of them Mm -hmm. and wanted to put those 30 songs (laughs) on there Um, with Beyonce. I think it was kind of the same thing. There were there were made at least 50 maybe wow. 75 songs written for B-day and even if they those don't make the album they carry over into the next mm-hmm. album possibly and then there are even more there are more songs on top of that yeah. so there's probably a lot of material that
0: she just never released that she
3: hasn't released and she wants to put out there mhm uh, but just because there's a lot of material, does <laughs> is it good material? I mean, I think that's where you'd be going with that.
0: Yeah, that's yeah.
3: You know, and with Adele, I don't know how many songs were written exactly, but everything was. Well, everything was shown to be a new process to where okay, mm-hmm. she's gonna she went to the the corner store and bought the notebook yeah. and bought a new pen or whatever. Well, and then she's, and then, you know, starts writing for that particular project.
0: Well, I think that's what happens too. When you have an artist that is more involved in the writing process, like Adele, not to insult Beyonce, because I don't think that you have to be, I don't think you have to write your songs to sing them to be good. I hate when people say that you don't have to, you don't have to be that type of artist. You can sing other people's songs. It's perfectly fine but i think that's kind of what you get with an artist that is involved like heavily with the writing process maybe they just don't put stuff out as often you know they wait for something to happen like she said in her acceptance speech the last time i was up here accepting this i was pregnant <laughs> i <laughs> didn't know if i was pregnant she had a kid maybe that inspired you know her to write a little bit more or inspired her to do this put out one last good album and then what she's going into hiding for what, 10 years or 15 years she said. 10 years at so, least
3: 10 well uh- until she's 35. I think she's 27 now.
0: Yeah, so um maybe that was in some of that was inspired by doing that whereas I feel like Beyoncé um I'll put it out there. I think Beyoncé really loves to sing. That is one part of the um the Carlos Santana article I don't agree with. Beyoncé is a superior singer to Adele. Like I don't think I, I can't believe he even said that. Like <laughs> Beyoncé can outsing Adele. She can outsing most people um and I think maybe that's her problem. She has that Russell Westbrook problem. Where it's like, why doesn't Russell Westbrook pass the ball? Because he's faster than everyone on the
3: court. He's, he can get by yeah. anybody.
0: Like, no one can stay in front of him. So when, that, when you have that, like, why would I pass the ball, man? Like, every shot is an open shot for me. So I think that's like for Beyonce. Like, Halo is a good example. Um, like, if you really examine Halo, she's singing incredibly low. And she sings incredibly high. Like, she's singing in, like, tenor range. And she's a female. She's singing in like mid to low tenor range and then like, you know, high um, soprano range. And I think she just likes to sing. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why she's always recording because she just likes to sing. It's just like some of the music that she's singing over. is just like, why are you singing like that on this music? But I think Beyonce just really, really likes to sing.
3: Um, To get into uh, Carla Santana, uh, this will be the last part of the segment here, but um, for those who aren't Fans of the Beehive, uh, you know, I feel like people who were like, who came at Carlos Santana, I'm just assuming it happened.
0: <laughs> oh, you know it did.
3: <laughs> y'all low key like smooth. Y'all low key like oh, that song. <laughs> That's
0: like when Chris Rock was like, Spice Girls like crack. Everybody say they don't like it, but like they selling records. Like, come on. Y'all know y'all like smooth.
3: <laughs> but, um, he said that, uh, Adele, I think that Adele won because she can sing sing with all respect to our sister Beyonce. See, you
0: I- said that our sister Beyonce is like, trying to get at Carlos. Mm-hmm.
3: Beyonce is very beautiful to look at, and it's more like modeling kind of music, music to model address. dress. She's not a singer singer with all respect to her.
0: Yeah, I think he's wrong there. She is a singer singer, but her songs don't showcase that.
3: And he also suggested that she relies too heavily on theatrics. Uh, he said Adele doesn't bring all the dancers and props. She can just stand there and she just stood there and sang the song and that's it. And this is why she wins. Um Santana said throwing subtle shade at Beyonce's epic medley of love drought and sandcastles castles from the ceremony. Um and uh well and then it goes into back to what Neil Portno was saying about like kind of defending the the choice to To vote for Adele, um, I think with Santana, mm-hmm. it, like I feel like there's a credibility kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of with like, okay, yeah, you've won album of the year, mm-hmm. but we all know this was a Clive Davis project. Use the
0: cheat code. <laughs> and you,
3: you use the cheat code, which is Clive Davis. <laughs> like Clive Davis he knows Wyclef and and Rob
0: Thomas and Rob and,
3: Thomas and Everlast. Mhm. And and then because he knew Wyclef, Wyclef was like, "Well, let's just get these new guys, the product G and B to do this wins. song." <laughs> you know, um yeah, you use the cheat code to win. And so I don't I don't know about, you know, mm-hmm.
0: um Well, I think he's trying to come from a he's trying to come from a place from cuz I mean like Carlos Santana had his greatest success with um, Supernatural, of course, in the late 90s, early 2000s, but his heyday was the 70s when there weren't, um, outside of, like, what, glam rock, you didn't really have, and no one really took glam rock serious. Like, the people that were taken serious were, you know, the psychedelic music of, of that era, so your Pink Floyds, um, the the Underground Velvet... Um, velvet Underground. Velvet under- oh, did I say Underground. I said, Underground, Jesus. Velvet <laughs> Underground, um, bands like that who didn't rely on, you know, like pyrotechnics and things like that and backup dancers, um, if they're even a thing back then, like those were the artists in those days that were given the most credit, even to a degree, like in the, in the fifties and sixties, like, you know, your Frank Sinatra your, um, Tony, well, not Tony Bennett. Um, but you know what I mean? Like artists like those who were just artists who the song spoke for them and nothing else that that's what spoke for them. Um, he's coming from that place whereas you know around the 80s with the advent of the music video the 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 theatrics did become a bigger thing so he's kind of looking at it i think from through his glasses he's like well back in my day you know a real singer didn't need backup dancers and a real singer didn't need costume changes and but you know but then just 10 years later A a guy by the name of Freddie Mercury (laughs) comes out and not only is he a brilliant songwriter, but he's a great showman. And, I mean, as far as it goes with Queen, you could say that um, the visuals of their performance and of Freddie Mercury as a performer were just as important as their songwriting. And then you usher in the 80s, whereas, you know, the songwriting that Michael Jackson did with Quincy Jones was just as important as the visuals. Um, But now the question has to come, have we gone... Too far to where it's only about the visuals, and the song takes a back seat
3: well, that depends on what kind of it depends on how someone consumes music mm-hmm. you know um like for me like we we have both said there are music videos we have not Never seen seen them. <laughs> I mean we've heard the song several times I haven't seen needed me, I haven't seen that video yeah. I've heard the song several times mm-hmm. so i it's gonna depend more on how someone consumes music as far as that goes. Um, I think because Beyonce is, is in the spotlight a lot and because of st- things that she does visually, you know, she put out, um, a visual
0: album, yeah, that's the second CD, the whole, yeah. you know,
3: and she, um, you know, to where she's going to, if she's going to be out here, mhm it's going to be a show. Yeah. So she is a show a showman or showwoman, or however you want to say it. Show <laughs> I mean it just it's just part it's part of it's part of the package with Beyonce. Yeah. And I think that's kind of shade at Adele too, to say that she isn't. I mean, yeah, she's not yeah. gonna be dancing. Yeah.
0: And that's why but, I think
3: But people still go to see her show. People yeah, you know, appreciate what she does on stage.
0: And that's why I kind of said like what I was saying earlier, like Adele kind of defies what a modern pop star is, so to speak. Like she's not skinny. She's not attractive. Um, she swears, which I mean, a lot of pop stars do, but she's she, attractive like, to somebody, openly, I, I guess her husband. Yeah. And he, he gave her a child. He gave her two. So, So <laughs> I'm just saying like, she's, I shouldn't say she's not attractive in the classical sense. I mean, how we talked about how
3: from, Luke, from compared to what we've seen before. Yeah.
0: Like even Dr. Luke was like, people don't want to give Kesha songs because she can't manage her weight. Like, I mean, this. These sorts of things are looked at in the pop music sphere, and Adele defies all of them Um, as a female—not even as a dude. Like we've had, you know, overweight guys. I mean, look at Smash Mouth—they had a few hit songs and they're (laughs) singers. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. We've had. mm Pavarotti. We've had, but like typically don't have (laughs) for half of his career. (laughs) You typically don't have, you know, like overweight pop female pop stars that are successful. And yet, here she is, you know, successful, three albums in a row that have been huge, numerous awards. So if anything, to me, looking at it from the other side, um, I would think someone like Beyonce would be like, yes, like someone who defies every single, because I mean, like, and this is no shade of Beyonce, but Beyonce has created her entire career on being sexy. The music, I felt, has always kind of come second, and... I mean, my God, she looks so cute in that um, Crazy in Love video. Like, I like the song when she turns around with that hat on right before the dance number. She looked good. She's built her career on looking good. And the music has kind of come second, whereas, like, Adele has had to, like, be like, the music has to be top notch. Um, because I'm not much to look at, y'all. But I'm up here singing my heart out and stuff like that. And I do believe, though, that Beyonce could put out an album like. Um, like 25. I just don't, I don't think she wants to, which is, makes me think that Beyonce does really like what she's putting out. Like, I do think she likes like that's She's from Houston. She probably grew up on a lot of hip hop. So she likes this stuff. This is what she wants to put out. It just so happens that she also happens to be one of the best singers in the world doing it. So I, it's just, for me, I just, I would expect that one of the best singers in the world to put out music that showcases that you are the best singer in the world, but she don't want to do that. So it's kind of a prerogative
3: for Beyonce to win album of the year. Does she OK? So she may have to do an album like 25. Does that mean does she need to get a whole new production team or do the producers that she already works with need to. Need to explore other.
0: I think the, other
3: strategies here for for making music with her.
0: I think the producers she works with right now, no offense to them. I don't think they could put out an album like that. Um, cause she's working with a lot of hip hop producers. in Well, let's, producers.
3: well, let's look at, let's look at lemonade who, who she worked with on that. Um, a uh, ton of writers. Jesus. Yeah, so many, uh, it, it doesn't see, it doesn't make sense really. Too many hands in the pot. Um, well, let's look at formation. Does Mike will made it. Um, she has a song with Diplo. Mm-hmm. She has a song with, um, with Jack White. Uh, she has a song with The Mm Weeknd. He Um, he could
0: do that, actually.
3: I think he could. She has a song that was co-produced by Just Blaze. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at hip-hop part EDM artists. Um, Folk people. The thing with The Weeknd is that if you listen, okay, you can listen to star boy and the beauty behind the madness. But if you listen to <laughs> house of balloons and Thursday, like the, how those albums sound,
0: I'm pretty sure house of balloons was a heroin reference. Am I correct? Probably. Yeah.
3: But it's, it's, he had a different, he had a, um, basically when he was signed to a label before kiss land came out, mm-hmm. they redid house of balloons yeah. well they actually redid those whole first three mixtapes those are his mixtapes to
0: sound better more pop
3: they sounded more pop but they kind of lost what people liked about mm-hmm. it in the first place they you can tell the difference between
0: definitely
3: the original house of balloons and this remastered mm-hmm. um, and because it was it was the producer that did those he didn't the weekend kind of mm-hmm. left him behind Yeah, you know um that's what I'm saying, as far as like the weekend being part of, like you had to get that, get the producer of the original producer of <laughs> House of balloons to work with Beyonce. I'm not even sure who who that is. I should know, but I don't. Yeah. But um, I mean, I don't know if you know for album to sound like that or anything. But
0: now I'm curious. Now go look and see to
3: make her we'll to see. well, just really to make her. um, I mean, it's it's. I think she may have to explore. Like it may have to be kind of a little bit of a new a new sound for her for the next album just and for it to, you can still have these um, themes of female empowerment and, Mm -hmm. and, and black empowerment. Um, but I think sonically that is the difference between Adele winning over her.
0: So I'm looking right now because, um, so yeah, Toby Gad BCG. So they, I'm looking at some of the writers she had on, um, on um, "I Am Sasha Fierce," which I think is a little bit more, is a little bit closer, maybe to what a twenty-five was, more a little bit more mid tempo. So, like if I were a boy, Toby Gad and B.C. Jean, "Halo," of course, you know Ryan Tedder and Evan Bogart, who I had, I had a chance to meet him, um, "Disappear," um, "Amanda Ghost," "Satellites." Some of these songs were like a lot more like, kind of slowed down.
3: So we're in Babyface and Babyface Stargate, is on there. yeah, and. Um Sean Garrett, The Dream. Uh, I, I think I feel Tricky like Stewart. can do no wrong. The Dream can do no wrong when it comes to writing.
0: Um Not but, his own music. Yeah, that's a different but. story. <laughs> the weird noises he makes. Um but I don't feel like the people she's working with right now could put together a twenty five, but I think I think she's perfectly capable of putting together a record of of I don't know I don't want to say of that caliber because then it feels like I'm insulting everything she's done up to this point. But of that um of that style, of that of that feel, of that theme. Um and maybe I don't know, maybe she feels like at this point in her career she wants to be a voice. Um she's like, you know, I have all of this fame and it's my responsibility to be responsible with what I'm saying. And so maybe that's why she wanted to release Lemonade, because she was like, I this is I feel this is the responsible thing to do with everything that's going on. And if that's the case, um and I would like to hear her say that, um, absent of hearing this podcast, then that would make me respect her a lot more. If that's why, because that's very that's very folk of her. That's like that's what a lot of the folk artists did. That's what your Bob Dillinger, um, Woody Guthrie's did back in the day when they put these songs out because they were relevant, you know. Um, not saying that I'm going to, you know, compare something off of lemonade to, you know, to the times are changing per se, <laughs> but like, if she really did put this record out because she felt that it was relevant and these were the themes that she felt were relevant for today's culture, then bravo to her. Um, you just could have done it. You could have made it sound better. Cause I mean, there, we, hell go back to our episode about protest songs and about songs that really talked about social issues. Those songs were better songs you know, what's going on, it's a much better song. Like, it actually, you know, has a nice little melody to it. You know, that's the way it is. Nice little melody to it. Fortunate Son, nice little melody to it. Like, these songs, so it's possible to do that. Like, I would just, to me, I would just say, like, if that's what you were trying to do, that's awesome. Point made. Now, if you're going to go do it again, make it sound better. Work with some, and I mean, like, honestly, looking at, like, some of the the producers that you've mentioned um, that were in there. How many of them know how to really coach a vocalist and tell a vocalist to be like, hey, back it, you know, take it back a little bit? Or how many of them know like, maybe it sounds like you might be overdoing it. How about you save that for this part of the song right here? Or how about you save that for this part of the song right here? Like, what you're doing is cool, but like, your your um your spacing is off. Like, I heard um this is gonna be ironic here. The the um lead the guitar player from um the guitar player and lead singer from Vertical Horizon talked about it. He Actually, he's a really, really good guitar player. And he was talking about, like, he was showing off some new trick or lick he learned on a guitar. And he was like, i like to save that for the end. He's like, you never want to lead with your best stuff. He's like, you want to space it out. You want to have good spacing. Never throw all your whole bag of tricks out in the first minute, because then what do you follow with? You have nothing else. So, like, maybe someone should work with her on that. Like, don't blow your load, so to speak, on the first verse. 'Cause then you're trying to outsing yourself from the first verse. And then in the bridge you're trying to outsing the second verse. And then the <laughs> last chorus you're trying to outsing, like you're constantly trying to outsing yourself. Um and I mean like looking at some of these people, someone like Orion Tedder, someone like a babyface, Stargate, these were probably people who are like who knew how to tell her you know, they had they had better arranging skills, you know? Well,
3: you may also be seeing that, you know, she um with with Lemonade, there's a lot of EDM and, and hip-hop producers on there. Mm-hmm. Like, so, Mike
0: Will made it a good producer, but, like, what does he know about recording singers?
3: <laughs> you know? I mean, he'll know about recording rappers. Well, yeah, but
0: I'm saying, like, as far as, like, with a rapper, you know, typically your performance is going to be steady, whereas a singer, because he did, he produced, well, I mean, that would make sense. to why Formation sounds so rabish when she's singing it, and, like, there's no, almost no melody to it whatsoever. I mean, that could have been a rap song, honestly. Um... But I just, I don't know, I like I like to be a fly on the wall for the recording sessions. I like to see what they're like. You know, when she's in there singing, you know, are they just letting her do one take? Because I do believe she's talented enough to do one take, honestly. Um, or are they going back and saying, hey, fix this right here. You know, like, pull it back. Like, that's my thing. Just, like, on some songs, if she just pulled back a bit and saved it, like, some of those songs would be so different. But like I said, I think she just really likes to sing. And usually producers um, are what, you know, they, they do, like, a good producer. Another story, the Foo Fighters. Um, they, um, Dave Grohl was talking about, like, how good of a bass player Nate Mandel is. He was like, you like, people don't realize, like, he can do, like, some Jaco type stuff. Um, but then it's the producer's job to be like, you know, all right, you need to cut that out. You need to cut that out. Like, that's too much for the song. That's too much for the song. And that's what really good producers do. They're almost like a, a, another set of hired ears. Um to just kind of like you know check the the group's ego, check the singer's ego, and be like, "That's that's too much here," and I don't think Beyonce as of now is really working with producers that do that as much. So that's just my two cents there, though.
3: All right, that's going to do it for this particular segment. <laughs> um, not as bad as bashing um, Beyonce as some may have anticipated. I don't want to get stung. I don't want to get stung. <laughs> But, um, that's gonna do it for this segment, and um, we'll get to my earworm of the week. um, I had been listening to some prints since it was his stuff it had been brought back on Spotify, but he's not my earworm of the week. I'm sorry, maybe next week, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just got tickets to see to see this band again. I'd seen them before over two years ago. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see them. They have a new album. It's called three and it's Fantagram. And, uh, the song abilities have to a lot is called Your Mind. Um, uh, because it, it's <laughs> songs that have like, that are a bit, that are a little stalkerish are always funny <laughs> to me. So that's why I like it. So, um, this is Your Mind by Fantagram and we'll be right back.
1: mine, cause you're mine, cause you're mine, cause you're mine, cause you're mine, I used to be a rifle, yeah, I had my distance, whistling like a bullet in the sky, I, I,
3: Your mind by Fantagram from their newest release. Three. be seeing them at the Tabernacle next month.
0: Nice.
3: Do you still want to get tickets to the internet? It's sold out. Shut it's up. It like I probably like right after I told you.
0: Shut up! Really? Oh. Sold out.
3: And they added a second day. Done. Sold
0: out too. Jeez. Okay. Well, never it sold mind. out so
3: fast. I want to see. It. Because they were going to be in the loft. Okay, and then they moved it to center stage because mm-hmm. that's the big one. Yeah, it sold out so fast.
0: <laughs> I gotta start trolling these shows better, man. Like I missed the L A N Y show, which I just discovered them. But then now I'm gonna miss the internet. I'm like <laughs> I need to make sure I get those Don Bronco tickets. I don't, I don't think about that though. That they they might sell out. I never think about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh well.
3: Um, if you want to see, well, if y'all remember our first episode, um at a song called working for it by Jew Skrillex and they, and they will be at the loft next month. If you want to check them out. Okay. Um, and if you, if you buy the ticket, you get a link to download the album. That's how they, I think that's how center stage does it all the time. Um, I am getting excited
0: yeah. too. There's um, now with Mercedes-Benz Stadium being built and SunTrust being built, they're starting to like bring through like Metallica is going to be there in J- in July. So um, it's going to be with these new venues here. It's going to be a good summer, I think. Although that show, I was talking to Kevin about that one. That's it's like a hundred and I think he said like a hundred and ninety or a hundred eighty for general admission.
3: <laughs> See, that's why I don't go. I don't, I didn't I, like, I didn't go. Whoa. I have not been to a concert at the Georgia Dome or Phillips.
0: It's expensive.
3: Man. Like,
0: I think the biggest venue I've been to might've been like Verizon wireless. And I didn't pay the show for, there either. I didn't pay for those tickets. Matt's dad got us tickets to the Eagles. Amazing show. Um, and I think I went to Hi Fi buys in high school and saw like the Jeep rolled outside festival, which had train and Sheryl Crow and a few others. I, as a matter of fact, I saw Maroon five there for the first time back in 2002. Um, but yeah, typically I like to stay away from the bigger, unless it's free, because I don't want to pay the cost. Like I've, I've seen fuel and a few other bands in like big concert festival settings. It was a free concert, but yeah, like those tickets get so expensive, man. So expensive.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, if people want to blame, Oh, it's because everyone's in the music. Mm, not really. I don't think so.
0: Especially since they're giving you a copy of the CD with your ticket. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, there might still be some fanagram tickets, you know, if you want, if you want to come see them with me,
0: I'll check out some more of their stuff. I know I like the you don't get me high anymore. And this one wasn't too bad either. So maybe, maybe. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Um, well, again, you can find us in a variety of ways. You can find us um, in the trap. It's going down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he on Love and Hip Hop?
3: Yeah. No, so <laughs> he had, he had a radio show too in Atlanta and I don't listen to the radio, so I don't, yeah, I but you. some people told me it was, it was pretty bad. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find us everywhere. You can find us on.
0: Oh, you good. you're good. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> Satchel podcast, tune in radio, uh, cast Google play as of Thursday. You can find us on Potomatic, Um, by the time you hit this.com which will you know start posting links to the iTunes that'll probably be the easiest wouldn't it iTunes you think
3: yeah iTunes um cuz for the iPhone users out there yeah. but if you have an Android the Google Play Music store
0: Although I think you can do it pretty easily with TuneIn Radio but yeah look for that on by the time you hear this.com
3: we'll have yeah. that. the tune, the TuneIn app if you download the app and search for us yeah. it'll be there
0: yeah and I did that totally out of order. You do that a lot more organized than I do.
3: Yeah, I, I just go by like the hashtags that I put in order on uh-huh. Instagram uh-huh. that I, that I can remember.
0: Yeah. And then, um, of course, by the time you hear this, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this with Y O U Um on Instagram at by the time you hear this with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are Donald Trump. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, um, at Gmail, uh, by the time you hear this with the letter U at gmail.com, I'm working on getting, um, a, uh, uh, email address at by the time you hear So look out for that as well. Okay. Um, they're being weird. Um, I, I, I got a bone to pick with GoDaddy. I think they're kind of trying to extort you with, um with getting like different types of privacy or whatever. Cause I've bought two domains from them. Never got any spam. Like never got spam emails. Never got spam calls. I'm getting like three to five calls a day from people trying to sell me services. Like phone calls. Yes. Phone calls from people trying to sell me web services
3: um, in relation to the domain I just bought. look, times are changing for them, man. Like, I don't think Danica Patrick is a nah. spokesman for or they just anymore. showed up sold it. Like, oh, he
0: bought it? Sell, sell, sell. And like, just everyone. <laughs> like, I asked the phone, because I don't know who it is. It's like, hello, is this Ben Watts? I'm like, yes. Are you interested in buying web products? No. And I just, <laughs> 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 like, no. And it's just like, every call. So I've stopped answering. Cause my phone tells me if it's suspected spam, I just stop answering. It's like, no, I don't, I, I can make my own website. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, well, our, well, you can go to our website, but you know, um, we're not expecting any phone calls Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> emails. Yes, but mm-hmm. no phone calls. <laughs> um, what should we end the show with? I mean, we could play something from lemonade, but if that won't annoy you too much, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, it's not on Spotify, so, well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not on Spotify, but like I, I have it on my iTunes.
0: Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. 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 Play, um, play the Jack white song.
3: All right. Yeah. All right. So we'll end the show with don't you hurt yourself by Beyonce featuring Jack white. And that's going to do it. Um, Yeah, you know where to find us, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.